at the end of this album. So the last thing you hear at the end of this album is fucking iconic Omar. Yes. Irritating. No, it's get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So uh let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. This is where we take a different album from a different band and we break it down. We do as much research as we can. We find out all the secrets about the record and then we let everyone else know because, you know, we're the fucking best. Uh, My name is Tyler. Uh, Sitting three feet away from me is Jeff and uh, thousands of miles away, all the way across the pond in Merry Old England is a friend of the pod, Skip. Hello, Skip. Say chaps. hello, Skip. Hello, Skip. Hello, Skip. There he hello, is. Hello, Skip. Hello, he, uh, Jeff. He's been on the pod before. We did uh, At the Drive-In <laughs> before, uh, and that was a great one. So, uh, But this week we're doing uh, something similar to At the Drive-In. Uh, but as you're listening to this pod, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Oh God, I'm not even. I'm not even ready. I'm. I'm not. I don't even have the song. I, I kind of tuned you out for like a second Dude, there. I, I didn't know what you're talking about. I I tune myself <laughs> out while I speak. I mean, potting is very very difficult. Potting is hard. So it's it's way too hard. So Jeff, what um what album are we doing today? We're doing Deloused in the Comatorium.
The Mars Volta, formed in El Paso, Texas in 2001 by Omar Rodriguez Lopez on guitar, Cedric Fixler Zavala on vocals, Ike Owens on keys, Jeremy Michael Ward on soundscapes and effects, Ava Gardner on bass, and Blake Fleming on drums. They put out six full-length records, two EPs, one live album, and have sold many, many records worldwide. But the album we're doing today is Deloused in the Comatorium. It's their first record, and it was released June 24th, 2003. The album features Omar, Cedric, John Theodore on drums, Ike Owens on keys, Jeremy Ward on soundscape and effects, Flea on bass, and it's also considered by some fans to be their best record. Now, everyone... Everyone out there, uh, what's what's everyone's origin story here with uh, with the Mars Volta? What do we got? Skip, you go first, uh, and then we'll go on to Jeff, and then myself. So, what do you got? Cool. Uh, well, first and foremost, um, I just want to say that the Laos and the Cambatorium proves, without a shadow of a doubt, that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are much less than the sum of their parts, um, and I. <laughs> I fully blame Anthony Kiedis for that because uh, Frascante is also on this record uncredited. Um, so, yeah, um, now that's out of the way. Um, origin. So uh, it was fecal in origin. No, um, I, <laughs> I I lived with a guy um, who, who got me into like, the driving originally. Um, he was a few years older than me and was a bit more kind of schooled in the cool and interesting music and was a real gateway drug to my musical development. Um and as well as owning ATDI's discography, he, he had this record um, and was like, if you love Relationship of Command, this is like its batshit big brother. Um, and he wasn't wrong. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my that was my uh, origin and introduction to the Mars Volta uh, was was this album. It had been out for a few years. Um, I say up to Goliath had come out. Um, yeah, it, it blew my little mind. You know, it's it's a huge um, landmark record in my musical development, I would say, um, which we'll get into across the pod, uh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those it's one of those big records in my it's one of my kind of essential. I don't own it on the vinyls um, because Oof. I don't have much money. Um, but you know, if ever if ever I got a chance, uh, my, one of my best mates, um, he's he's. When each other, if each other passes, uh, there's a couple of things that we've dibsed, and I'm like, yeah, your Mars Volta vinyl collection, and he's totally cool with that. So big love to Paul. Um, <laughs> That's good. And, you know, yeah. if an if an accident happens, an accident happens. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> damn. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Now, now this is all recorded. This is all recorded. Now we know that you're oh, gonna kill your friend. Oh, he knows. He knows. He's so. cool. <laughs> <laughs> just for Deloused. <laughs> yeah, just for Deloused. Not Need even Francis. Need that silver pressing, Francis. man. I don't hate Francis. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's it's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> wow. On to Jeff. <laughs> All right, Jeff. What do you got? What's your origin story with uh, the Mars Volta? What do you got? Well, we kind of um, when we did Bedlam, we kind of talked about it, and and I don't know. I I just at some point I remember you showing them to me, and then rocking out to the Laos like this album. This is yeah. This was like the intro for me, and I, it had to have been from you because there's no, I don't understand where I would have gotten it else from. Because at the time, I was not, this is not something I would have pursued on my own. Yeah, you were more of a pop punk man. So I don't, uh, yeah, I guess it was just, it was just you. And maybe, I have, maybe, I have Kyle, maybe Kyle Palo? Kyle Palo like Mars Volta? Yeah, because him and I caught into, got into them at the same time. Whoa. Yeah, so it might have been him too. I don't know. I, I really don't know. 
Okay, that's possible. He used to drive me to school every late start Wednesday, so maybe. <laughs> late start Wednesday. We used to go to IHOP, baby. Oh, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, but I remember, like, we always used to rock out to this album, and then, like, the two, the two opening songs, I mean, those are just, it's fucking perfect. It's perfect harmony. Yeah. And there's, there's, uh, there's not a lot of songs where you, you need, like, the intro and the following, but each on their own are fine. And will stay, will hold up well on their own, but together just just elevate to something magical. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. It's remarkable. I think the only other song, the only other two songs that are that are better at uh, like the one two punch are probably "We Will Rock You" and "We Are the oh Champions." Oh my god, no, <laughs> no, Queen oh. is so overrated. Jesus, that's that's not true. But I was joking about the "We Will Rock You" thing. But Queen are not. Overrated. If anything, they're underrated. What What about Green Day's Brain Stew and Jaded? Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, that's definitely one. Oh, that's a banger. Yeah, yeah. listening to Jaded is always fucking weird by itself. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, I listen to Brain Stew with it. But yeah, so they, my my origin with the Mars Volta is definitely um, definitely you. But I will say, just to preface all of this, I I even after this week, I think the Mars Volta are damn great. And even though I have a lot of criticisms for Francis and Bedlam, I still think there's a, there's a what are you doing over there? Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> I still think those are perfect threes for albums, but I do still like At the Driving more. Fucking guy, dude. Just, Get the fuck just, out of Just throwing it out there. Just throwing you, and, it out and there. And you like De facto more because you're a cuck, right? I, I like De facto a lot, but I wouldn't say that I would like De facto more than the Mars Volta because De facto is like a fun side project, but it's not it's not anything more than that. Okay, that's that's fair. That's but De facto fair. is really fucking oh, good. Oh, they're so good. So fucking good. Uh, okay, my uh, my origin story real quick. I I got into At the Drive-In with relationship with that when One Arm Sister came out. I love that song. And then I found out they broke up, and I just kind of forgot about them. Never really just didn't pursue. I didn't pursue where the band members went. And then there's a local radio station here called K Rock, and they ha- they used to put out compila- CD compilations of just what they were playing on the station at the time. And one of them, one of the songs on that comp was uh, was uh, Inertiatic. And that was the first time I heard it. So it was like right, it was right when this album came out. And that song was kind of blowing up on local radio. And then I eventually found out, oh, these are the, a couple of the same guys from At The Drive-In. And I was super stoked. So I went out and got Deloused. And then I just was blown, fucking blown away by it. And then I've just followed this band pretty religiously up until today, until now. With this fucking stupid ass box set that I'm staring at right now. So good, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that that's my uh, that's my origin story was around the time of Delouse with um, with K Rock. Who would have thought like K Rock playing or having a a Mars Volta song on a comp like a listen to comp? It's I mean, so first weird. of all, K Rock playing Mars Volta is fucking bizarre. It's it's have you very strange. have you heard of K Rock? Yeah, yeah it's, it's of, weird. Like, our pod. I was about to say like K Rock is one of the few like things. American radio stations that I'm aware exists and is a thing. Um, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so it is world famous. I, I That's guess. their slogan, world famous, K-R-O-Q. Yeah. So it's true. Fact. K-Rock. But it's like, it's so irrelevant now. Like the shit that they play on K-Rock now is just fucking trash. It's so bad. <laughs> it's but not that's most very radio, good. I guess, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We've got six but, music uh, over here that's, that's really rad. BBC Six Music. Um, I don't know if you guys can get it. But if you can and you want to find some cool new bands, there you go. Iggy I've Pop does a show. I've always here. been I've been curious like about uh about radio in England. Like it, it's how many stations do you have? Like 
seven or eight stations. Oh, so obviously we, we've got all the digital stuff, but like obviously, you know, we're very much, we're, we're the BBC nation, um, not yeah. you porn fans. <laughs> That's not what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, British Broadcasting Corporation. Um, so, yeah, yeah um, you know, so obviously uh, Radio One's like your kind of trashy modern music. And everything's really loud, and all the DJs talk really fast, and it's really bam, bam, bam. And then Radio Two is where, like, we we had Terry Wogan until he died, who was just this lovely Northern Irish broadcaster. You know, when everything's ha, it's all a laugh. Uh, here's the Pogues, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of mellow. And then Ooh. like Radio Four is like talk radio, uh, which I know you guys have a lot, but it's it's all very English yeah. and slightly, um, you know, intellectualized and. We kind of get yeah the David Mitchell and Bob Mortimer and all of that, um, and then yeah, uh, six music is like kind of alternative, like but it's not trying to be hip or cool. It's just it promotes lots of young bands. It plays a lot of alternative stuff. Say so Iggy does a radio show on it occasionally. Um, Mark Riley, X of the Fall, um, he kind of did took over the John Peel thing. Uh, you guys know who John Peel is. Um, it sounds really familiar. No. He sounds he, super familiar. He was like a super, super famous uh, English DJ, British DJ, who like he broke loads of bands that went on to be like he was like the first guy to play Joy Division, the first guy to play The Fall, the first guy oh, to okay. play The White Stripes. So he's like, guy. so he's like the equivalent of who we have here in LA, a guy named Rodney on the Rock, who broke like Van Halen, yeah, no, and, I, I've uh, heard and a Rodney bunch of bands Rock. like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. John Peel, like his record collection. Um, I think they've digitized it. You can go through it. It's it's insane. Uh, and he's he, okay. he was yeah he was it, when he died like music died with him in a sense of like just exposure. Uh, anyway, tangent okay. tangent coming to an end. Six music is great, <laughs> uh, and that's that's a brief summation of British radio listeners. Wasn't that jolly? <laughs> it's very very jolly. Very British of you. <laughs> All right. Um, what were we talking so about? Then, the Mars Volta. <laughs> so the Mars Volta, yeah, fucking the Laos and the Comatorium. So, uh, what what are our initial thoughts on on this record? I mean, we obviously we just did our origin stories, but um, initial thoughts on this record leading into our biggest bangers. What do we got? What do you got, Skip? Okay, so initial thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, like it it blew me away. Um, it, it yeah, as I say, description as as relationships, kind of older, more fucked up brother. Um, kind of yeah i mean in the previous part i kind of took a swipe at a, a bit of metal and i think um a big thing i'll say about this record is like i just love i'm a real sucker for thin thin jagged guitar sounds so like really distorted but really thin really fizzy loads of top end um mm-hmm. because obviously it frees loads of mids up and i'm gonna get producer talk here you get much better low end response in your bass you know, you you create space between instruments by not having all those mids filled, which is a big problem in metal. There's loads of great shit being played, and you can't hear it because it's so mid heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's you know, it's like using a scalpel versus using a hammer. You know, if you use a hammer, it's like chug chug chug, and it's it's big, and yeah, it's heavy, but you can be just as cutting and all, just as heavy. You know, I think the Mars Volta can be pretty heavy, and the Laos is pretty heavy in places, but there's no mid range chug. It's all this jagged scalpely very omar mm-hmm. guitar you know when i think of omar's guitar sound that's instantly there uh and at this point he was just shitting out riffs um and i also think yeah it's it's one of their most melodic albums um particularly from cedric it, it's just it's so it's so it's so unique 
You know, um, my mm-hmm. phone background yeah. is still the jellyfish, man. My ringtone for four years was Roulette Dares, uh, which leads nicely <laughs> into my, my biggest banger. Uh, I tried not to pick it, but it, it just is. It's Roulette Dares. It's, that's the Mars Volta. You know, that is the Mars Volta yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it's an absolute banger of a song. It, I mean, and it's so there's so many complexities within that song, too, and where it sits on the 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 track list it's all so relevant and it's just it's such yeah. a truly amazing song to me like it's the start of a sweet you know in a way that cassandra gemini is i almost think either you can view it as francis kind of just went all out prog of it and that in the yeah. last moment they were too shy or, or nervous to put like to title it as a sweet but you know yeah the next two or three songs you know up until um what's it called uh, he says, just checking his notes because the track listing is not right in front of me. Uh, bah, 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 bah. This apparatus, yeah, right up until that point, like that's a suite of music. Like there's so many musical similarities between it, particularly in the vocals and stuff. You know, of all those mm-hmm. songs, you know, it is a suite. They just didn't call it a suite because it was a debut essentially. And you know, they got all this hype of that drive, and then they disappeared for a, you know a year or two. And yeah, they were starting again. Um, so yeah. All right, should we um, should we play a little bit of that song and then we'll get more into it? Because I mean, we obviously got to break it down the music and and lyrics as well. So oh, definitely. Sound I mean, good? That's, yeah, sounds good to me. If that sounds good to you guys. Okay, cool. Let's okay. um, let's let's play a little bit little bit of Roulette Dares uh, right now. So here we go. Um, yeah, Roulette Dares, the Hunt of.
There you go. A little bit of roulette dares from the Mars Voltas. All right. So, um, do you want to do you want to talk about the music or the lyrics? Because the lyrics are also a lot to unpack because of the whole concept record of of Deloused. So, what what do you guys want to do? I'll this be easy. is uh, this is this is your pod, and this is Skip's favorite. <laughs> so. Whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm no, easy I mean, rolling, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've touched on the lyrics already, so and you've teased the concept. So maybe, maybe Tyler, you 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 introduce that, and we'll we'll spitball from there. Okay. So so the lyrics. So let's get right into that. Um, it is it is a concept record, uh, kind of based off of the the suicide of their friend uh, Julio Venegas, who died back in '96, and um, and it's kind of the story of his of his drug use of him overdosing being in a coma coming out of the coma and then eventually uh committing suicide by the end of it and so the 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 entire record kind of paints a picture this surrealist picture of him being in a coma and just like the weird trippy things that that are the dreamlike state like we all have weird ass fucking dreams that make no fucking sense and that's kind of what this record is lyrically while also telling like i think a really interesting story and roulette dares is just a part of that. So roulette, roulette dares to me, it, it's hit, it's after the overdose. It's while he's in a coma. He's kind of like in a in a sort of purgatory, and it's like this abandoned train yard where he's going around and seeing other people who had committed suicide or possibly had died from overdoses. But he's always like he's always like feeling that there are other spirits or ghosts or somebody watching him while he's kind of walking through this sort of purgatory. So nice. I don't know. It's super trippy, and I was nice. I was kind of blown away by the lyrics because I, like we've talked about, Jeff and I have never really really been lyric men until more recently. So I've never really dove into the Mars Volta or this this album's uh, lyrics. Oh, that's so a treasure trove, right there. I had a friend of mine, uh, Paul, who I previously mentioned. Uh, he actually wrote his dissertation, uh, or no, one of his one of his essays, not his dissertation, on on the Mars Volta's lyricism. Uh, it, that's a treasure trove. That's a treat. That's rad. That's cool. Uh, I mean, one of the most wonderful image painters. Um, and it's really interesting, like what you're saying, Tony, because I took it, I always take it as a little bit more literal in terms of the like him hanging out at kind of Junkieville. You know, you would, you know, oh, okay. a, you know d- down by the, yeah, you know, the railroad, as it were. Uh, and that's kind yeah. of where where you get you know your homeless and your your junkies and stuff you know and that's kind of congregate and you are almost like disassociated from society so that dreamlike state is almost pre coma, um, which is a wonderful thing about these lyrics is they're so you know as you said they tell this great story um, which you might not even pick up on um, unless you know it's one of those things is it's, it's part of their law um, a bit like all the Goliath stuff. And then mm-hmm. you've got this wonderfully visceral imagery that he conjures, you know, with, with his lyrics, yeah. you know. Yeah. He, he really does paint this insane picture with, with his lyrics. And it, it's, they're almost ambiguous to the point to where you could just interpret it as anything. But I, I, I do yeah. like what you were saying, too. Like, it, it, you, can, you can definitely look at it from the viewpoint of being a junkie. And kind of what I, what I was reading, like, some people associate the the train tracks to like the veins in somebody's arm when they're shooting up heroin or shooting up. Oh anything, yeah, man. That's yeah. I'd never thought and that. That's I, I never thought about that either until, you know, I was reading more about it and what other people had to say about it. 
so I, it's it was really a, it was really a fascinating read honestly going through all the the lyrics and stuff and th- and the story in general with the storybook that they released with the with the vinyl back in the day i mean i fuck i wish i i had one of those oh man they go for silly so money bad. don't they yeah they are they are that and the slip mat that's the, that's the dream isn't it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> be so sick so <laughs> sick wait, wait, so what do you what do you got on this one jeff I, I I lean more towards you. I'm so like I don't know if you said his name, but Serpentax is the is the oh, name yeah. of the 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 person that's supposed to be representative of their friend, right? Yeah, it's the character yeah. of Julio, I guess. So this this album is is weird because I've I've listened to this album a lot, but I realized this week that I I usually stop after Drunk Ship. I I stop in the past when I've listened to this and I throw it on. And after junk ships over, I kind of move on to something else. So I've never, I've never like really. Besides when we did Bedlam, I don't think I've ever really in a long time sat down and listened to the entirety of the album with with our our podcast ear. Mm-hmm. And so it was very it was very weird. And then reading the full story because I've always known about Serpent Tax and that story. But then reading after Drunk Ship ha- happens, that's when all the weird shit happens. Yeah, it gets even more bizarre with like. It turns into this like story of like this creature he, taking he over. Turns, he turns into something else. Yeah, he turns into something else, and it becomes like this taking over of a land. And then there's other characters involved, but they're not really mentioned in the the song. So you have to go with the storybook to kind of get the full. The it's full almost gist um, it. it's, Kafkaesque, isn't it? There's there's a real kind of metamorphosis. It's yeah, it's both yeah, musically yeah. It's and, so, and in the so story. Weird. Yeah, it's weird because that. That's where I see like like uh, roulette dares kind of coming in. This is like that that kind of like what Tyler was saying that purgatory. I I I I see like serpent tax just just being lost, just being just walking around and seeing all of these other things going on, not knowing what the hell is going on, and I I think it's just it's just him transitioning into this metaphysical realm. He's he's ceasing to become serpent tax and becoming whatever the fuck that girl's name is that he transitions into yeah that creature with wings or what i yeah there's so many like weird names but they're all like derived from like some other like latin word or something yeah yeah i mean actually thinking about it like even the title of the song this has literally just come to me so apologies for the interjection uh that kind of backs up your guys because literally the haunt of roulette dares and you think russian roulette you know if you dare that's a suicide yeah, yeah. You know, so actually, yeah, def- you know yeah. what? Like, yeah, you light bulb moment. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm now inclined to proof, listeners, that opinions can be changed by informed decisions. There we <laughs> that go. Is kinda, I did, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that till right now either. I like, didn't either because I feel I've always felt like the uh, gambling roulette. I've never thought about like roulette, like Russian roulette. Russian roulette. And it, what's weird is because a, the part of the story is derived from like the soviet union like he makes a lot of references to the soviet union and all that stuff so i guess titling one of the songs roulette dares and referring it to it like that like russian roulette that yeah. goes more in theme with with it all so watch watch sense. the reddits fly boys and girls <laughs> <laughs> that, that podcast it worked it out man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because obviously, yeah, obviously, purgatory uh, is, is you know in Catholic that's the suicide horn, isn't it? Like, so if you dare in roulette and you become a suicide, that is the horn of the roulette. De- Bloody hell, I'm a I'm a fucking yeah, genius. Look at that. <laughs> we're we're all we're all geniuses over here. We're genii, genii, genium, genie, genie. 
<laughs> that's good. What what I like about what I like about Cedric's lyrics, and because we're newfound lyric men, what I like about Cedric's lyrics are that they don't make any fucking sense, and you have to really <laughs> like empathize with him, put yourself in his shoes, f- kind of feel what he's feeling to really get the gist of what's going on. Because at first, like usually when I do these, I, I read the lyrics just as I'm like doing something else. I just like, glance at them. And then I'll see if I can figure out what's going on. And then I'll reread them as I'm listening to the music to get like a deeper impact, like the movie Deep Impact. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so like, movie. but when I was reading the lyrics here, I just thought, like, dude, this guy's just, he's just throwing fucking, like, invalid letter department style, just throwing out fucking random things and they're <laughs> like hoping they string together along. And for the, sometimes they, I, I think he just throws some random shit out there just for kicks. But, mm-hmm. but once you like couple it with the music and add the music to it, it it's it's really like a, a really cool glimpse into Cedric's mind, into who he is as a person, to, into like how he thinks as a musician, and I think that's that's some like Bob Dylan shit. I'm just saying. Oh, I, I know you dude, don't like Bob don't Dylan. Even do but, this, but that's like that's what that's 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 the elevation of writing lyrics like this is is to allow the listener to get a feel of who you are as a person, how you feel, what you think, how you think, why you think these things. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of lyricists that can do that. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. It, it's more difficult than than you think, you know. I feel like yeah. I know Cedric because of these lyrics. <laughs> I know him as a person. No, no, I do, I, I do get what you mean. Like, and yeah, with what you're saying, um, this is what I was saying of it, this is being Cedric's most melodic album. I think sort of Francis architecture. Um, it's more, he's, he's putting the lyricism first and the, the melody second. Um, you know, it is just stringing. There's some wonderful turns of phrase, you know, absolute batshit lyricism. But like he does that thing where we kind of just hold a note and almost talk, you know, whilst the music's doing, whilst with, with, with the Laos and roulette dares, you know, they write choruses on this album. Really good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know. That's very true. It, it, it's surprisingly catchy. The everything on this record is very catchy, and I, I mean, honestly, a lot of it probably has to do with Rick Rubin. I, I know, like with Landscape Tantrums, with with that that version of this record, the songs were already there, but I mean, they weren't. I don't know. I, I feel like Rick Rubin had a lot to do with the success and the the melodies of this record. Yeah, I mean he's not, he's not to known, not to deny that that Cedric and Omar don't have that talent because they they do, but he he's known as a yeah. vocal producer, isn't he? And I think the big mm-hmm. difference in tantrums to to Delaus and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on this a few times uh is is the vocals, you know, and just punching it all up like roulette dares the tantrums thing, I think um have you guys ever heard the sheep recordings what was going to be nevermind? The sub pop version uh, of Nevermind. Oh, with ne- with Nevermind or with uh, Nirvana? Yeah, yeah. They they did they did the sheep demos. Uh, they're they're pretty easy to get hold of. Um, some of them are with the lights. I think. I've heard a lot of uh, I've heard a lot of the demos for that record because um, they've just been on random comps and stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't remember those particular sessions. No. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, and the, the sub pop in Bloom single is really easy to find. And to me, that's the difference. Yeah. It's like if they you know, that was the that was the the sub pop version, and then you've got obviously the the version that we know, and they are the same songs, you know. And it's just it's all about the production yeah. values and stuff. And that's I think that's why like landscape tantrums would not have impacted the way the Laos did. Um, no, not at all. Not Ray Rubin is a huge I mean, part. Of the, yeah, and and 
I, I know you were saying like you know Rick does, he does focus a lot on the vocals, but he also he also does a lot with the drums. I mean, I, yeah. I think a lot of that is to do because he started in hip hop. I mean, with the Beastie Boys and, and various other groups. So I feel like a, as a, as a songwriter, as a producer and stuff, he 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 focuses on the vocals and drums because that that's hip hop. You know, that's, yeah, and I think those are the most in, two most important parts in hip hop are those things. So that's what he focuses on. And you hear anything that that Ruben does with bands is you you always hear like an increase in the vocals and the drums and i think another good example of that is the slipknot record their third record where subliminal. the, the yeah, joey yeah. joey's yeah subliminal versus joey's drums sound so loud and the oh, percussion on that fuck. record yeah, sounds yeah. so loud i mean and, i think that's and thing. also Corey's yeah. vocals are so different on that one as well so yeah, and i don't I think- know he, he has a huge impact on these bands being a hip hop producer, I think there is a natural separation to him from music and vocals. So he's not recording, yeah. you know, there is, there's the vocalist and the backing music. And that's not disrespecting the backing band. But equally, I think there was a kind of yeah. thing as Omar had the musical vision. He did, Ruben didn't really have to worry about that, you know? Yeah, exactly. He had to get great takes, but then he could do so much more shit with Cedric. Um, yeah. That's just, yeah. That's and where he that's just he just truly shines in that area, and that's probably also why they they all, they've always kind of you know criticized Rick Rubin and talked shit about these sessions because Omar had to take the back seat, and I don't think he liked that. Yeah, and I they think... don't even speak very highly of of other producers. Like when they worked with Ross Robinson on Relationship of Command, they they don't they don't speak too highly of Ross. I mean, at least Omar does. No, I, I think mean, Cedric mellowed. does at times, but. Yeah, I think they've mellowed, but for sure. And I know they hated the Andy Wallace mix. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, it's 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 odd. I mean, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like Omar, you know, Omar Omar has Billy Corgan disease. Uh, <laughs> like, he has wait, well, he has what? Billy Corgan oh, disease. Billy Corgan disease. Oh, Billy yeah, Corgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's fucking guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, fucking guy. you know. So I think he doesn't like. He, well, yeah. Put it a nicer way. He doesn't like being told what. That to makes do. sense. Um, and having a producer like Rick Rubin, like Ross Robinson, who like they're in fucking charge, you know, it, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. their fucking record. Yeah, it's your it's your band, but I'm making this fucking record. Um, yeah, they're, they're, I don't think Omar likes to be pushed, and that's and and with, especially with Ross, Ross pushes everybody to their limits. Like he pisses people off just to get that that vibe and that emotion on the record. And I don't think Omar likes to be pushed. I think he likes to just do what he does and just, just that's it. Like, I, I yeah. think that's, that's what it is. I, I fully the Billy agree. Corgan thing, that, that's a good comparison. That, that's really good. Let's, uh, let's get, should, do we want to talk about really dares more? Do we want to talk about the, the music part of it? Because we didn't really touch upon that. I'm Maybe. free and easy. Whatever you want to do, baby boy. What, Jeff, you haven't said anything for a while. What do you think? <laughs> I know. What it's, do you think, it's, Jeff? Uh, what, like the, you know, like this is, this is, I'm not a Mars Voltamin like you two are. Yeah. And so it was it was kind of fun to go back and forth listening to the two knuckleheads who think Francis is the worst album. So that was fun. <laughs> Francis is great. It's just come on. We I mean, Jeff, you're just I get it. I, you're, 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 your head is so far up your ass. You're trying too hard. That, like you're just you, well, no. You don't like Francis because everybody else likes Francis. Oh, no, that's, that's, that, that's, so, that's not true. That's not true. That's right. I but, exist uh, I purely know. on indie credit. Without it, I would actually cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Yeah, no, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's cool. No, Roulette Dares is fucking dope. That that sound in the beginning, 
for me, that's more iconic to this album than like the first two tracks. Like that is that sound to that. That's the Mars Volta sound for me because yeah, this album is 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 just so iconic for me. That, that, like so, really, that is not my favorite song. I think Inertiatic is my favorite song, but I only really, really like it because of the buildup, because of Sonnet's Lumiere. Lumiere? Sonnet Lumiere? Sonnet Lumiere. Isn't Lumiere the the, the candle from Beating the Beast? Is it? I don't know. Is that like French? Or I assume it's Spanish. Or no, it's not Spanish, right? I think that's like French. No, that's Rubert. It's Nas Rubert, the candle. Not not Lumiere. Lumiere is like Luminate. Moon. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the candle's Lumiere. Lumiere. In oh no, that, ma- that would make sense. Yeah, no, because he's he's a light. It's mind blown. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I don't I don't remember. I haven't watched Beauty and the Beast in no, uh, well, uh, yeah. a couple of years. It's my least favorite <laughs> Disney. Let's rank our Disney movies. Now. <laughs> it's your I'm least. Not, I, well, it's your yeah. least favorite. Oh my god. I think it might be my least favorite classic Disney. I'm an Aladdin guy, man. Aladdin's man, through and through, three out of three, perfect film. Not the Will Smith <laughs> shitty remake, original animated 1992 release, of course. But you wait. So you think Aladdin's perfect, but you don't like Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, yeah. I'm throwing it out there. I put Francis to mute. What are, like, what are your thoughts man? on Little Mermaid? <laughs> Little Mermaid, 89. Uh, it's good. Ursula <laughs> is actually quite a fleshed out villain. She's not actually evil. She's just selfish. Uh, and there's a moral code to it. It's good. Jamaican frog uh, okay. crab is a bit racist, but you know, Kisty Girl is a banger. <laughs> So, because oh. eh. the what? That's a banger. I fucking hate Little Mermaid. It's, that movie's fucking trash, man. This, what, 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 what better message to send to little girls than hey, abandon like everything that you know just for somebody you just met once because you think he looks kind of cute. And it's, whatever. it's up there with Greece, isn't Barf. it? Don't, don't worry about your grades. Sew yourself into some really tight leather pants and put out. That's the message. That's what Greece tells us to yeah. do. Give up everything you know for some legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the guy, guy, Danny Zuko, didn't have to change, is it? John Travolta would just carry on being a bum, don't get a job, fix up cars, the totty will come to you. Look, yes. she's got her tits out. There you go. You've won. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. But yeah, Roulette yeah. Dares is good. I like that song. <laughs> back to Roulette Bring Dares. It back. Bring it, bring it back uh, around to that, yeah. I think, I think, like, coming off the ride that, that Inertiatic put us through, this, this is, like, the perfect transition this is this is this song holds up on its own but it also transitions the first two into the rest of the album like tirame and then which transitions to drunk ship and i think this album is sequenced like absolutely perfectly and yeah it is I yeah just, I, I don't know it's fucking cool man it's just like it's it's very cool it's frantic there's a lot of good bass a lot of cool noodling and when the guitar hits when the guitar hits those single notes right before the chorus is it's yeah, just, it's dude, really is, good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you sing to the, you sing along those notes. What I what I love too about the beginning of Roulette Dares, it, it's it's just that 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 guitar tone, the the guitar effects that he's using, and then Theodore comes in. John Theodore comes in with that that drum, that beat, uh, yeah. but without the bass drum. It's just that just the 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 hi hat and the snare hitting. And you're just like, okay, what's so going to happen? Loud. What's, what's going to happen? Yeah, it is really loud, but you're like, what's going to happen? There's no bass. There's no real low end here. And then all of a sudden, it just like fucking explodes, and it's oh, so loud. Yeah. It's so frantic, and everyone is going absolutely going off. It, it's that's, just, just that's it's why insane how good it's that, one of the that, best tension release that moments. Is. That's yeah. why I never thought of this as like Russian roulette because the beginning always reminded me of a casino, and so I've always just, just, uh, 
put like casino and roulette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. with Russian roulette, but like the game roulette. Yeah, the game roulette. Because yeah. the, like the beginning part sounds like some sound you'd hear at a fucking slot machine as you're walking by or something. Like, I don't know. I've never, I've never picked up on that. I go to a lot of casinos. Oh, well, yeah, you do. <laughs> I drink a lot um, for free. <laughs> you what? Casinos, they give you free drinks if you keep out. I drink a lot for free. Yeah. It doesn't sound oh, as good the they, second time. Do they time. do that in England too? I do you get free no drinks when idea. you gamble? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I've only ever been drunk in a casino. I don't notice where my drinks come from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, so then that's your, that's your 1B skip. Uh, Jeff already said his 1B is inertiatic, so we might as well get into that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Sound good? So, so what, do you, what do you got for this one, guys? Are, are we going in order? I mean, yeah, we can go in you, order. I yeah. mean, you, if you're just throwing like blanket statements, well, no. like, I thought you were directing this. Well, well, I, I mean, we, I already, we also already discussed Skip goes first, then Jeff, then myself. You oh, but it's Jeff's you. BB, so that's why I was, I was going to give way to Jeff. See? See, Tyler? Okay, well, no then, one knows what to I do. Don't, I don't make the rules, so... Uh, you do. You said in the beginning, <laughs> you said this is the order. So you did make. I rules. did, but then you guys are all. But then both of you guys are defying the order. So I don't I'm know what being you want. really English and, and being polite and going, well, Jeffrey, what what do you think of this song? <laughs> uh, and, and Tyler, bless Jeffrey, him, is, like is actually <laughs> trying to go with the order that we agreed on. You know, we've 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 pulled the curtain back on this recording now, haven't we? We really have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, Jeffrey, what do you think of this song? Jeffrey, it's not like the like, it's like calling on the butler from Fresh Prince. Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey. So, so Inertiatic and and Sun et Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. I think those two, you just they're they're one song. I, I, I it's fine that it's separated, but realistically, it's just one song, and that's that's yeah. how I know this. So when I say Inertiatic, I really mean both songs. But mm-hmm. I think Inertiatic yeah. is a fucking cool name. I think yeah. it just sounds cool. It's fun to say. And then you add ESP at the end. Bad ass. <laughs> yeah, solid cool. gold. It is cool, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, what do you, like, we played, we played Sun at Lumiere in the beginning, and it's just that slow, deliberate swell. And one of the reasons why I knocked Delouse down from the, because I was going to put it at number two, I didn't knock it down a, a, a notch, not just <laughs> because Bedlam is, is, is unbelievable, but also because. After listening to Landscape, there are some there are some things that I wish would have stayed. There there are a lot of things I wish would have stayed, and I think both Delouse and Landscape are kind of like their own albums. But if you, I mean, if I could cut them up both up and then add them together, I think I could I could make something that is just fucking mind blowing and maybe even better than Amputecture, Tyler. No, <laughs> maybe <even> better <laughs> because no. the, dude, like the 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 intro on Landscape, like that's. I think that's better. It's cool. It's not as theatrical or polished as as the Delouse version is. It's a little yeah. bit. It's, it's a little bit more band driven rather than than like a like an overproduced thing. Mm-hmm. But but then again, like Cedric's vocals aren't as good as as they are in Delouse. So yeah, like those two different things. I, I think there should have been like a middle ground. Definitely, I, I I think a lot of the landscapes, or not landscapes, the, a lot of the soundscapes in landscapes are better than. Or yeah, they're they're better than what's on Delouse. Like they're they're turned up higher in the mix, and I feel like that would have added more depth to the actual record, uh, to to the Rick Rubin version of the record. It yeah, there's have, more Jeremy. Done a lot I more. think it sounds yeah. like there's more Jeremy, and there's more vocal uh, processing, as in like Jeremy's kind of very raw live style of vocal processing, as opposed to like a production choice of vocal processing going on. 
on a yeah exactly and even ike ike has turned down a lot more on the ruben version yeah. than uh than on on tantrums so i don't know i i i'm i'm with you jeff like they they, they could like a, a better mix of the two versions would have made a better overall version if that wait, does that make sense what i just said I no know. i mean that, yeah that's exactly yeah, yeah. what i was saying too it just did, like imagine i don't know imagine following at the drive-in just so closely at the time and they break up and then you know tremlins released and you're like okay this is cool it's still very at the drive-in-esque i wonder what they're gonna do and then you hear like you know sun and then inertiatic and i don't know man that would just been such a cool fucking sound it would have been yeah. so awesome yeah that's, that first time you hear it after waiting all these years, it, it was my first Mars Volta song. Was was Son into Inertiatic? Because I say I followed RAC with Delaus, so that oh. was kind of it. It has so that, lucky. Yeah, yeah, it has that impact for sure. Yeah, should we jump in lyrically here? Do what, it. What, what, Dude, so yeah, following you, kid. So lyrically, the, these two songs here. It the first part. So, so Son, Son et Lumiere. Where however you pronounce that fucking those words. Um, it, it's it's him kind of, oh, it's the story of him overdose. It's the drug overdose, and then him kind of experiencing that first part of being in a coma and just almost and pretty much dying, and then going into inertiatic. It's the it's it's playing off that. It's, so it's still the beginning of the coma. He could hear people and things going on around him, but he can't. He's still not fully processing it. And he as as the song progresses lyrically and and musically. It's him kind of remembering things here and there and how he got to that state. He's he's starting to remember like why he's there and he's remembering the actual drug taking and the overdose itself and that's that's kind of where it is. So it's the very beginning of the coma or him overdosing and the coma. And then like we talked about in Roulette Dares, it's like then it gets super trippy, the purgatory like we were suspecting. So it's um it's quite the story, quite the fucking story, but it's great. It's fantastic. So I don't know if you got what you guys have on the on the lyrics. If it's similar or yeah, no, I'm I'm in, I'm inclined. To, I'm actually on the same page as you uh, with this one. I think yeah, it it is that that moment. You know that that realization of well, now I'm lost. You know, yeah, it's that 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 moment you just described of you know hitting the coma and boom. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and even like with the the lyrics, just him saying I'm lost so many times. It's almost this sort of like terror of of not understanding where you're at or what you're doing. So it's like it's almost this like primal like reaching out for help, you know, saying it yeah, so many yeah. times because I mean, it's weird you're just so confused. You know, it's you can't really articulate anything, so you just say the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and I feel like that it really come comes across as like really uh, effective lyrically and 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 vocally and everything. So yeah, I think Cedric's it's delivery. Crazy. It kind of swaps between like panics and defight. You know, it, it's now I'm lost, and then it, it's wailing, and you know, I'm lost. yeah. So there's this wonderful yeah. confusion in the delivery. I mean, I mean, also coming off the back of you know, out the driving and stuff, realizing that Cedric could not just sing, but he could fucking sing. You know, it's not this. It's yeah. not this at the driving, but you know, there's hints throughout. You know, ROC especially, mm. but you know. I didn't hear Tremulant before I heard Delau, so I hadn't had that kind of, oh, okay. You know, it was just mm-hmm. this pair of lungs waiting in this this beautiful voice, you know, that it's so unique and, yeah, it's one of my favourite. I, I, I'm a sucker for, like, a, you know, a high-pitched 
rock whale. Um, so, sure. yeah, mm-hmm. like doubly impactful of just been like, wow. And yeah, the, the lyrics, the delivery of the lyrics, you know, this as right back at the start, we said, you know, uh, Jeff said, it puts you in his shoes. You know, he's you're you're instantly in the protagonist's head. You know, from the mm-hmm. start. You know, the build up of Sonny Lumiere. You know, that tension build, 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 and the drums. You know, the stuttering, and then yeah, huge vocal mm-hmm. opening for the song proper. It's yeah, it's 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 really well done, <laughs> basically yeah, for what it it's really trying is. to do. It's, it is what it is. Fantastic. It um, is what it is, baby. Well. No, this, this, these are these are perfect songs right here, man. Right at the right at the forefront, right in the beginning, yeah, throwing, throwing some deep stuff out there, and then uh, and then it, it is kind of nice. Now you, you know you, you get the little bit of break for it with the uh, Tiramia las How how do you say that, Jeff? Tiramia las arañas. Yeah, there you go. Tiramia las arañas. <laughs> like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, actually, do we want to talk about uh, Initiatic anymore, or, or what? So like just even the even the split up between Sunnet and then Initiatic that that half second pause yeah that's like in a fucking eternity because of how slow the buildup is in Sun and then how fast Initiatic is and how frantic it is like that yeah that little split second pause dude that's a fucking eternity and when we're talking about somebody slipping into a coma whereas like in dreams you know you dream you you remember five seconds of your dream but you slept ten hours. Yeah, like that sort of, you know, Einstein time is relative type thing is is so cool, man. Yeah, and and that, speaking of that 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 pause and that break right there between the two songs, it's almost like so- Sonet is is him overdosing, but then that pause is the point of death. So it's that yeah. it's that that instant death. It's that that nothingness that some people believe is death, where there's nothing there. And that's almost like what he's his conscious is believing. Like there's nothing, and that's what that is. And then all of a sudden he realizes, oh, there's more to to death and or life and death. So then that's when he starts screaming, "I'm lost!" And it's it's so it's so like it's it's ambiguous. Yeah, it's like that pause. Like to us, it's like I said, half a second, and not even like a fucking quarter second. But in that time when you die, I mean, at what exact point do you die? If you die, where do you go? What happens? It could be. 40 years it could be an eternity we have no idea so that that little millisecond there is so damn important to like the story of serpent tax to the pacing of this album to like everything that they're trying to tell yeah it is unbelievable and it's just like again like great prog stuff they know when to just be crazy and then you know layer 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 but then you also know when to shut the fuck up and let just let silence happen yeah and that silence is just that silence is deafening. Mm-hmm. That silence is deafening. I, I feel like too with with the Mars Volta with Delaust and Francis. It's like Delaust is the perfect like lyrically like lyric prog record, while Francis is more of the instrumental perfect prog record. Yeah, you know it's cause, because because yeah. obviously Delaust yes. is more song oriented rather than just one you know seventy minute song like Francis is. So it's like they they. It's almost genius how how the Mars Volta did that, where they they made two entirely different prog records, but they're both like equally good, but in wildly different ways. <laughs> complete opposite. Complete opposite ways. Yeah, it, it's really really remarkable. But then in the end, they're both related to you know Jeremy Jeremy Ward. I mean he 
he was the the kind of the inspiration for both of them because he was the one who who wanted to talk about Julio Venegas and this he was like the the spearhead of Delaust and then after his death the entirety of Francis the Mew was kind of based around Jeremy and the diary he had found. Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty insane. Pretty fucking insane. But I don't know. It, this band is too they're they're <laughs> too good for their own good. This band is not short on inspiration for music. <laughs> no. That is for sure. I, I, I'm not short on with lore. Yeah, there's so much crazy shit surrounding this band. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh do we got anything else on Inertiatic? I'm good. No, I think we're good. We all good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so my uh, my one banger here is uh, Drunk Ship. So we might as well Ooh. just get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the next next in line here. Um, this one is, what a way to start out a song with, with John Theodore's drumming like that. And he just, he doesn't stop the entire fucking song. He, the guy is a fucking beast. And if you watch any live videos of him playing this song, it's even crazier because he just, he's, he'll, you know, the jam sessions during the song are, you know, 25 minutes long and he just goes for it. And the man is a beast, a truly a oh, fucking inside. beast, the greatest drummer to ever live, the greatest drummer to ever live. So I, I stand, uh, I stand by Some that. days I am inclined but, to agree. I'm, I'm not going to lie. He's definitely, he's a permanent member of my top three. Like for sure. Oh, for sure. He has to be like, it's, it's, it's undeniable. The guy can do anything. Yeah. He is wasted but, in Queens of the Stone Age. It's a travesty. Um, oh, it, it, especially with that last Queens of the Stone Age yeah, record, yeah, the villain exactly. record. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Oh my God! It's like why? Like the Josh Homme hires an electronic producer to do that, knowing full well he has the greatest drummer in the world in his band, and he doesn't utilize any of that, and they make more of an electronic based record. <laughs> it's it, it's it blew my it's fucking. It's also mind. just it not a very good record. It's just not very good. And no, I like it's, Queens. It's not. You know, it's, it's, I, I like it's not that Queens. good of a record. You like which one? I, I Wait, like their early stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like rated R and and uh, self-titled and yeah, self-titled, rated R, uh, lullabies, songs to death. Yeah. I, I liked Hero Vulgaris. Well, even like uh, the 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 album like Clockwork. That's a, that's a great fucking record too. And then fucking John Theodore's on that record too. He plays on the yeah. last song, and it's like the least drum. Yeah, he's on one track. Heavy yeah. song. Yeah, it's oh god, it's so it's so aggravating why he's in that band. Yeah, I, I mean John John's been Queens fucked the over a lot basically. Yeah, yeah. Justice for John. Yeah, seriously, right? Getting fired from this band because Omar's a little brat, but whatever. And even the <laughs> fucking like Cedric, has, he he said his yeah. biggest regret in in his musical career was firing John Theodore. He fucking flat out said that. His biggest regret in music was doing that. So dumb. Like what, what the an f- idiot? Like. Uh, Oh my god, it's so aggravating! Fucking put your ego down, my god, dude. I know. Yeah, so So dumb. But anyway, drunk ship. I mean, on top of John Theodore's amazing drumming, you have Omar's guitar playing, which isn't like super intricate, but and it's very, it's very subtle and subdued, and he lets everybody else shine. He doesn't really. He's not as flashy on this song as as the other stuff, and it's so rad because you get to hear John and also Flea just fucking going for it. It's. It's a remarkable song. It, it, oh, that rhythm section on this record and Flea's playing across this album is so tasteful and so melodic. Like yeah. he is. This is the best album Flea's ever played on. Like I, I. That's my very strong opinion. You know, but and I like funk. You know, I like slap. I play a lot of it. But to me, this is it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And 
I know he didn't write a lot of the parts because Ava Gardner wrote a lot of it as well as Omar. But I mean, his performance on this record is is top notch for sure. Go ahead. This is your BB, Tyler. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I mean, I I yeah, you talked about much, a lot though. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah that's you, pretty yeah, much yeah, all yeah, I got yeah. on on Drunk Ship right now. So what do you guys got uh, musically, lyrically, and and all that stuff? All that jazz. Let me turn some pages to some notes. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, you already touched. Did you write? Did you write down your notes on a on a paper? Oh yeah, man. I'm old school. I kept it real. I kept it real. He did that last time, didn't he? He wrote them down on paper. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, you did that last Uh, time. It's it's that way, so I can have my. I I literally write as I as I listen, so that I can I just can scribble down. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, pretty much, I've got very similar notes to you actually. This one. Uh, Yeah, Theodore, insane on this uh, i'm just yeah. the stamina of that guy um is is <laughs> is mental and yeah as you say it's it's oddly uh demure for for omar um you know it's 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 a rhythm section song really um because there's just mm-hmm. so much groove in it you know I mean, and it, i mean there's so much groove across this album it's great you know i'd, I'd say yeah I, I would say drunk ship and Cicatriz are probably the grooviest songs on this entire record. Through and through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what I like about Drunk Ship, I think, is it's, it's got a bit of everything of this album in it. Like, even, you know, the end where the drums go kind of electronic and stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's nods to ambulance and stuff, you know, some foreshadowing. Um, I'd say there's a lot of musical ties across this album because it is a concept record. Um, yeah. And so... And so there's yeah, there's musical foreshadowing and stuff. Um, and I yeah, I think Drunk Ship's just one of it's just it misses out on on BB status for me, but it is definitely a a banger. I I I'd probably number three, maybe four. Um, I find it hard to pick. Um, but it's yeah, just that that's the most difficult for me is is picking between the bangers because I mean over the I mean I've been a fan of this record for fucking almost twenty years now, and it's it. Every like year or two, my my bangers change. Yeah, that's like it. So at some point, area area Tarker was my favorite for years. When Cicatrice was, you know, for years before that. So it's like it it, it always changes. Yeah, I I, I slip between drunk ship, Cicatrice, Roulette, and Area Tarker. I think, and Roulette usually comes out on top just for nostalgia purposes. I think it's it's just got that personal connection. Yeah, um, yeah it's yeah, drunk ship's just. It sounds like cop out. It's just drunk ship, isn't it? It, it is drunk. It's it's just it sits there on a record again. It's perfectly sequenced, and it's yeah, mm-hmm. it it's it's awesome. <laughs> it it truly it truly <laughs> truly is. So uh, what do you got musically, Jeff? And then we'll jump into the lyrics and and I guess the story. That was that was my favorite part too. Was was just how fast and how constant his drumming was like the entire time and. Like, did the breakdown before the outro is just, it fucking rips. And I just don't, I don't understand how they can get, like, this song just gets more and more wild. But coming off of, like, Tyrame, because I fucking love Tyrame so much. Drunk Chip would probably be, like, my 3B if I put Sun and Inertiatic as one song. But Tyrame is, like, my 2B. I fucking love that song. What? But, dude, it's so great. <laughs> I mean, crazy. it's Dude, it's a fucking banger. It's it is. so but... fucking good. It's ridiculous. But it's it's set, much like Sun sets up inertiatic. Tirame sets up drunk ship. Drunk ship leads in straight from Tirame, and it's it's it is as wild and as crazy crazy because we've been like what Sun does. Sun like kind of draws everything out, slows everything down, and and, and Tirame kind of is just uh, it's quirky, it's fun, it's edgy, and it it 
it sets up drunk ship. I don't know, dude. That's that's. No, that's I see what you're that. saying. I see what you're saying. I, I I agree. It's it's another one to, you know, as I say, they're all to me, they're all part of a suite. It's fucking fantastic. So, uh, jumping in lyrically on this one, the the jump from you know him being almost in like a, like purgatory it, for me at least in purgatory and relit dares it jumps to drunk ship where it, it's almost like he leaves that 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 purgatory and he's lost in like a uh, it's in the song it's kind of described as like a submarine graveyard and mm. how he's like he's lost and his desolation is even stronger than before and then he realizes that his only way out is death and it's just a matter of time until it happens and i like the 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 um i guess the the comparison or, or bringing up like submarines into this because being in a submarine is like one of the most claustrophobic and like deadliest things to be in. Because if so, if one thing goes wrong in a submarine, you're fucked. Like there's no, you can't do anything about it. You're just going to die. And it's, so it's that feeling of desolation and the, the feeling of like um, hopelessness of being in a submarine. And that's what is related in this song. And that whole, that whole comparison is just, I think it's, truly fantastic truly fantastic yeah but that, that's kind of what i got lyrically on this yeah no, i don't I mean, know what you guys got i'm inclined to agree with you i mean obviously the i, I sort of the submarine thing is a, a kind of a take on the classic you know lost lost ghost ship you know um you know haunting mm-hmm. lights and all of that you know it's all there and it, it's you know the title of the song um and that's a wonderful like i love artists and i mean you know writers songwriters etc who take almost a cliche and they put a twist on it and it just opens it up mm. and you, you get more out of it than you know if it had just been like oh yeah like an old you know flying dutchman kind of sailing ship i don't think it would be as impactful um so yeah and as you say like submarines are so intense and claustrophobic you know like anyone who's seen das boot uh, i'm talking the original wolfgang peterson four hour thing you know that's that atmosphere i've always wanted to watch that it's so good it's the only version i've ever seen um yeah it's it's so good uh and yeah. it perfectly captures the vibe um and f- for a song for a thing that where there's no visual image you know imagery it's all conjured by the mind's eye again it's just a testament to cedric's a vocal and and b his delivery of the vocals uh, and and then see obviously yeah. the band behind him you know um because it's 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 both you know it's it's the musical imagery and and the lyric and I think that's what's so strong across this whole album and I don't think, to my mind, they ever quite got them in sync to the degree that they did again. As I say, I think there's more melody on this album than there is across yeah. a lot of their discography, and I think maybe that's why I, I rank Francis so low. I don't think it's anywhere near as melodic. Um, and you know, I'm a sucker. I'm a punk. No, I'm a punk it's, at it's heart. Definitely not. It's it's not. Besides the widow, there's no melody whatsoever yeah, in that yeah. album. Exactly. Except maybe like parts of Cassandra. Parts of Cassandra. Yeah, for sure. Are kind of catchy, but they're so few and far between that you kind of just I don't know. It it's not a normally structured song, obviously being at 35 minutes long. But yeah, I don't it is. Know. It's a great. I, I totally get great. what you're saying though. So yeah, that's 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 my summation of the the lyricism of drug ship without you know. Swimming, okay. super, super, right. super deep. That's so, that's uh, that's 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 what I got that's, too. That's what you got. You got. I, I do. I do think that we all we all we are all on the same page, but focusing on a little bit different part of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of like a submarine graveyard, literally, literally, you <laughs> if you're walking through a submarine graveyard, you're under a fuck ton of water. 
Yeah. And mm. much like the feeling of addiction, you're feeling like you're constantly drowning. You're constantly trying to catch up. You're trying to hold your head above water. And so I think that 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 image that he's that he's that he's putting in our minds of walking through a submarine graveyard, and it's almost like this, the character Serpentax is like, holy shit, this is fucking scary. Not even realizing at that point that he's about to drown, that yeah. he is about to fully succumb and not, and cease to be Serpentax and become something else. The Serpentax, as we know, is going to cease to exist because he's going to drown. And and I think like the ending part of like that don't turn back thing, because mm-hmm. I I mean up until I read the lyrics this week I I've always just thought it was just some goofy thing Cedric was doing, but <laughs> I guess it's some backwards. He's saying don't turn back. I never I never noticed. I never knew that either. And I I think that's is that like it was it was a couple things for me. It was like some some like Serpentax subconscious pressuring him to move forward in his in his quest towards death, like like his his inner. His inner demons like pushing him, like yeah, yeah, don't turn back, don't, you know, push push forward through the submarine graveyard, cease to become Serpentax, you know, like like the devil on his shoulder, or yeah. or even it's like death itself telling him not to turn back, frightening him, saying you know, embrace the addiction, embrace embrace the suicide, the suicidal tendencies that you have. Yeah, and I, I think I think to submarines in general are fucking scary. No, but, they're terrifying. Like I, I would never. Nobody wants to be in a submarine. I, I would never <laughs> go in a. I would never go in a submarine underwater. It's you too know? scary. No, fuck that. And then, like I said, one thing goes wrong, you're dead. Like there's, there's no turning back. You know, one hole in that submarine, you're fucking donezo. You're not going to resurface. You're just going to float down to the bottom and die. Like, like to me, like the, like it's like a submarine graveyard. It's it's goofy, but like the elephant graveyard from Lion King, <laughs> that was so scary as a kid. <laughs> that was fucking frightening, man. Yeah. And he's like, don't like, don't go anywhere the light don't touch. And that's what Mufasa tells him. And he goes to the elephant graveyard and it's fucking frightening. Now imagine that <laughs> shit like a mile underwater. It's yeah. Terrifying. Come on. Yeah, no, it's drowning. But the concept of like drowning, like addiction, drowning. You're trying to hold your head above water, but you just can't. Something's pulling you down. You just you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You need a life preserver, you need help. And I think that's like kind of like the underlying theme of suicide is you know, the person thinks they don't have help. And I mm-hmm. think that's why I was reading somewhere too that that Omar and Cedric blamed somebody for the yeah. death of their friend yeah so so there's a guy named ben rodriguez he's uh he was actually in at the drive and he played guitar um very very briefly uh he replaced jim ward when he left originally yeah, yeah, he's, he's, and apparently he recorded el gran that ep with them but he wasn't credited on it but he, he did play live with them for several months and then they ended up firing him because he was like a total sociopath and apparently he was the the catalyst for julio's suicide like he was the one who kind of like pushed him over the edge and reading about Julio's suicide, he ended up jumping off of a bridge into a uh, oncoming traffic. traffic. Yeah. So, and they've never forgiven Ben for that. And apparently the song, do you know what song it was skip uh, from at the drive-in song? It was like, that was, that was oh, about Ben Rodriguez it's, as it's well. On, oh, there's one about Hudy on acrobatic tenement, isn't there? Uh, but uh, yeah, the one is about Ben. Uh, is it? Oh yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't I don't remember what it was, but yeah. So th- this, it's all like in reference to that Ben Rodriguez guy, because he's a total awful person. But. This is my favorite like uh, lyric song on the album, because I I just think that that imagery of of drowning is 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 just 
it's terrifying. It's it's terrifying to everybody. Like like burning to death and drowning are like the two worst ways. Like universally, people would agree upon. Yeah, those are like the two worst ways to die. Oh, I totally agree. And so using all of that drowning imagery, and then coupled with the fact that you know addiction and, and suicidal thoughts, like that sort of metaphorical drowning, I think is just it's unbelievable, and it makes for a fucking gnarly song. And then coupled with the fact that, like I said, the song just gets more and more wild, and it's just. You're just piling things on top of other things, and you just feel like you can't get away. And it's 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 uh, it's it's a sonic drowning, I guess. Yeah, no, that that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's it's wicked. Really good way of putting Frightening. it. Frightening. All right, um, let, I'll, I'm just gonna play you know about a minute and a half or so of uh, Drunk Ship, just so you know people out there who've never listened will know what the fuck we're talking about. So here it is from the Mars Voltas. go a little bit of a uh, drunk ship of lanterns from the mars volta now uh do we got anything else to say about about this song or anything like that or should we move on what do you guys think we can move on yeah move on what do you think skip i think we're good i think we've uh... Uh, all right cool 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 so um so we all kind of named off our one b's and they were all kind of within this range of songs so um skip what's your what's your 2b what's your second banger on here uh what we haven't spoken about uh, i think yeah, Eritaka, I think, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's the best way to pronounce it. Cool. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. Okay, so let's get into that one. I mean, I, 
I guess we're just kind of going in sequential order right here. Right? We do appear to be. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of weird, right? Are you are you good with uh, Aritarka, Jeff, or what, what do you got? That's fine. I just don't know why you guys don't like Tirame. That's fine though. I, it's a good song, but it's like, <laughs> but it's a buildup, and it's not as good of a buildup as uh, Sonate. That's good. That's like, you're fucking get out of here, dude. Get it. Get but go it. ahead. Keep going. Uh, All right. So, um, so Aritarka. This one, it, it's a slower jam. It's less frantic until you get to like the choruses which is it's it's a nice change up and when it does get frantic john theodore is drumming with that that china symbol or the i think what what does he call like his trash symbols like he has like a stack of like broken symbols that he uses yeah in lieu of like a china symbol and it's super fucking cool and uh and you hear that a lot and it's like this weird it's a weird beat he plays during the choruses of that song which i i it's almost like viscera eyes from Amputecture. It's almost like it's not off beat, but it's like a weird. He hits that symbol on a weird beat, and it, it just gives it this, this this character and this flair, which I love. And that's what this song is, and the ups and downs of it. I I fucking love it. Uh, this is an absolute fucking banger. And then also the lead up uh, that John does on the drums, that 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 quick those quick little fills, and they just like I don't know. I can't even explain it. I, I really don't know what I'm just rambling now. The something the song opens up with those those the three sets of the three quick little hits. Yeah. Right? And you you think this is going to open up and it's going to be some weird time signature thing and it's going to be fucking gnarly and it's going to be crazy and then it you like kind of does the opposite and just it just grooves. It tricks you. Yeah. It yeah. really tricks you. Yeah. But it's it's a fantastic song. Yeah, man. What do, you, just, what do you got on this one, Skip? I mean, I really uh, one of my favorite things is some of the guitar tones on this on this man, like that mixture of like, again that chorus with delay and just, just some of the batshit panning, you know, on the guitars. Mm-hmm. Like it's so yeah. Um, I will say, guys, you know, uh, listeners, it's a headphone record, man. It goes without saying. Like, there's so much cool shit going on. Like, you know, put some oh, yeah, put some totally. decent cans on your ears, like, and and listen. Um, I really like the amount of vocal manipulation going on as well, you know, that kind of calls back to Tremulant. Like, it's, you know, there's some really weird shit going on in Cedric's voice in places. Um, and one of the things I like yeah. about it is, you know, I've talked earlier in the pod about how, you know, what I really like about him is his guitar's really thin and it's one of the, But like that, you know, the last minute or so, uh, you know, it's still really thin, but there's a good chuggy riff there. It's anthemic, you know, it gives a real... Yeah. push at the end of it you know which is it's cool it, you know again it's progressive and it's kind of punk as well you know it's a really it's chuggy it's cool man um especially after that you know just before you've got all these guitars all over the place you know it's you know it's it's, yeah. it's like it's like you know loud quiet loud it's it's simple but it works um and the, it's the, very uh it's almost very like like new metal you know I, yeah i know they would never want to be considered new metal but new metal Especially with corn, they they specialize in that that soft, loud, soft, loud, just the back and forth of that. Yeah, and this this song perfectly utilizes that, and it's it's surprisingly more guitar driven than I than you're kind of led to believe because you're you're mostly focusing on to me at least you're focusing more on John's drums. Yeah, because they're they're like the they're the catchy one of the catchiest parts of the song to me at least. Oh yeah, and like so the guitars take a back seat, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, he's almost playing riffs on the drums, you know, and I love it when drummers do that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things about... It's some, it's, yeah. Sorry, no, make your point. <laughs> no, 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 go on, no, go on. I was going to say, on. one of the things I really like about Otaku is, is you know, the, the, the noise bit, as it were, uh, you know, 
it actually really serves the song. Uh, whilst I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to lay a criticism at the Mars Volta, overindulgence is one that gets thrown at them a lot. You either get it or you don't. You know, it's a bit like jazz, I think. Either you get it or you mm-hmm. don't. And it's a bit like appreciation <laughs> versus enjoyment. You know, I prefer jazz live than I do on a record for sure because I get it live because I can see it and I can feel it. And I'm like, oh, right, yeah, this is... And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know... I think on on Eritaka, like that breakdown bit, it never feels overindulgent ever. Like no matter what time I listen to it, no matter how many times I've listened to it, whilst I think parts of Francis, etc., they just they're doing it because they can. Like why is there forty five seconds of feedback at the end of the widow? Because we can. Yeah. Um, it doesn't serve the songs <laughs> as much. Whilst Eritaka as a complete thing, that it yeah, it just it works. You know, again it's it's a microcosm of the Mars Volta. Um mm-hmm. yeah. That's the end and of it's, my it's, notes. It's a it's a thing about it's a thing about the Mars Volta that they kind of lost for a long time. Where like on this record there's there's no like crazy guitar winking, there's no solos really. It's it's more of just like a band grooving but then you get Francis Amputecture and Bedlam and it's just it's it's the Omar show. It it's yeah. him just doing whatever the fuck he wants, wanking just the guitar solos, which I love. I mean, he's my favorite guitar player and I think he's a, he's a truly remarkable guitar player. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. And an innovate and an innovator too. Like he's he's amazing, but like they lost that for a long time and that's what gives this album its charm. It 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 is a groove-based record and it, and in moments, like you said, it's very jazzy. Like in this song, it, it has jazz elements. It, this this album is fucking perfect. Yeah. I mean, De Laust so is the Spoilers, most is yeah, the great. most like a band the Mars Volta ever sounded. No, one thing about Francis, you know, he, Omar has said like you know he didn't tell the guys recording whether it was a chorus, whether it was a verse, whether it was a bridge, you know, because he wanted that spontaneity, mm. which is cool, but it does work against it because you haven't got that you know that in the room some guy nodding at some guy being like this is the bit this is where we you know there's it's groove yeah yeah it sounds like f- five or six musicians wrote a load of really great songs put in some really great performances and made a record whilst francis and Ampitecture and and bedlam are more like statements they're artistic statements rather than a band making a record uh, and exactly. there's yeah. great yeah. things and bad things about both. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's really not dissing one or the other. It's it's just a wildly different way of writing and recording a record. Yeah, it's a completely they, different and form it, of production. It's it's pretty remarkable too how successful he was at doing both of those things. Like truly remarkable. Like just like we were talking about the the whole prog thing between Francis and this. Like this being the lyrical prog and then Francis being the instrumental prog that that creativity and that style is remarkable and then recording yeah. entirely differently like you said with francis the mild da- miles davis way as it's called that omar utilized after this record it, dude the guy the guy is he's insanely he's insanely creative i don't know it, it's nuts yeah he's also it's just insane i think <laughs> like in a really great way yeah. <laughs> yeah do you got anything on the music jeff or what um no that was i mean i that was fine. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> that was that was a long talk about area area Tarka. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's some cool there's some cool melodies here. Cedric throws over some bass lines, but other than that, yeah, we talked about it already. 
Okay. All right. Um, so then, then lyrically, I feel like this is this is the point in the record where it just gets fucking weird. This is the the truly surreal part of the record uh, lyrically, and it's it's him talking about there's a doctor named Doctor Wolfram Tarrant, <laughs> and and uh, the House of Facial and Muscular Corrections. So this doctor comes in and starts experimenting and doing surgery on Serpentax, and he's described as having dog heads for hands which you know does the surgery and it's super fucking weird and and from what i was reading julio venegas he was very artistic he was that's what he was all about and apparently the guys in, in at the drive-in learned so much from this guy so his death was truly truly devastating and and i feel like this is a this is cedric and jeremy writing about you know his art and how he like viewed the world in it from an artistic standpoint and this is like the most Julio Venegas part of this entire record is this song and I feel like Cicatriz. So yeah. it's just it's super fucking weird. And then the, this doctor creates them and creates Serpentax into this other creature. I don't even remember the name of the creature right now. And then by the end of the song, he's starting to question why this is even happening to him. And then it just kind of goes off the deep end. It's confusing and it's very strange. So. Yeah, I don't know what else you guys got lyrically on this one. A very similar, like, yeah, just a beautiful batshit imagery. Um, you know, is what I've got underlined. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, okay. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's yeah, it is. It's yeah. Again, what I said for Rulet Dares and everything else, like, yeah, his Cedric's way with words is is phenomenal, and obviously the, just. Yeah, you can hear the personal connection on this song in particular, as you say. I think there's a lot of Julio there i wouldn't be surprised mm. if a lot of it is literally based on either drawings or poetry that he's you know that they've taken and and put it in as a tribute um you know because that's the sort of thing that they do um and yet yeah, some of the imagery is just so sharp um it's got to have come from somewhere yeah you know uh yeah it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's beautiful not in a classic beautiful way you know it's very ugly lyricism but as a as a as a piece of music it's yeah, it's poetry. It's it's phenomenal. You know, it's yeah. It really is. It it truly is. Um, so then, do you got anything else lyrically on this, Jeff? And then we'll play the song. Or, or I, I think I think the first half of this record is is essentially a a very very uh, focused concept on death, on like rebirth, on struggle, and I think the last half, mine is a couple parts. I think the last half is more of artistic freedom. I, I think, I mean, I think art music in general is, is completely subjective. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think like at the drive-in we're very focused in their sound. And I mean, that's why de facto was so cool. Cause it was so different, but the Mars Volta, I mean, we can, we can rank their albums, but like realistically, none of their fucking albums are anything similar to anything else they've ever done. No. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's not even like fair. It's not right. It's weird. And so I think, given that artistic freedom is is cool given that subjectivity is cool and i think like whenever you tell a story or whenever you think if you think like your your spouse or you think somebody's like this for instance is cheating on you and and you think you start thinking the worst thing right like like oh they're not answering me what's going on then your mind just fucking wanders it just goes in places that you wouldn't rationally go to but because something is affecting you for that brief moment 
you're you're extrapolating on that thought and it's becoming horrible mm-hmm. or or you know for whatever reason I, I, I don't know but I, I think I think that's where Cedric is going here I think Cedric has a concept in the first half he has a story but he's also channeling that artisticness that that Julio that his name Julio yeah Julio yeah. Julio kind of gave him and and I would like to think that Julio was just like, hey, if you want to talk about this, just talk about this. Who gives a fuck? It's your it's your song. You can write whatever, however how you can write it however you want. And I think Cedric is going off and then just kind of creating this world based around one little event. And when I say little, I don't mean like demean the intensity of the situation. Yeah, no. But but this it. this one event. Cedric is going off and 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 ex- essentially writing a world like like we're watching Star Wars, you know, like Star Wars was based around just like a paper napkin that George Lucas wrote down and ex- built in the whole fucking, <laughs> this a fucking religion off of the universe. Yeah, I mean, like that's 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 how cool art is. That's how cool like the imagination is. And I think the imagination on Cedric is just it's unmatched. It's just unbelievable. And we were just talking about like the submarine graveyard and how like deep that is. Ah, get it deep, and how how deep that is. And then now we're talking about just like f- completely abstract stuff, where Serpentax is changing into something else, and then eventually encounters like giants in a desert, and it's just like these really abstract ideas may mean nothing. They they may mean nothing to Cedric, and they just could be words that he strung along. But that's that's the point. Yeah, and, and that's what Cedric is. That's who Cedric is. And then piggybacking off of that too, it, him just all these crazy ideas and things like that. That's that's a very dreamlike thing. You know, dreams don't make sense for the most part. Like the most random, stupidest shit happens in dreams, and that's kind of what I feel he's getting at here. Like it's it's to the point where serpent text. Is is at that point where just like all this random shit, like your mind, your subconscious mind just goes wild, and that's what the dreams are, and that's that's where he's going at this point. It's and there's 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 so many books and and papers and research on on how to decipher dreams, and maybe dreams do mean something. They could very well mean something. Maybe everything you dream means something. Yeah, but it's also just as possible that they're fucking completely irrelevant to the entire world that we live in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of of subjectivity in art, and mm-hmm. that's I think that's where I think that's where the, the first half and the second half differ. Is I think Cedric is channeling both a, a focused subjectivity in the first act, I guess, mm-hmm. and in the second act, much like like Skip says, it's like a sweet. I, I think the second act is is just more abstract. Is more is more let's 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 play a little bit let's let's get deep into something that may mean nothing yeah exactly and just have a little fun yeah mm-hmm. you guys you guys are absolutely fucking right so uh let's let's play a little bit of area tarka and then we'll we'll talk about it a bit more i guess and then jump on to the next song so here we go area tarka from uh the mars voltas Oh, they're gone. 
There you go. A little bit of Aria Tarka, because we're going to play like six minutes of that song, because that's, that's a little too much. So um, do we have anything, anything else to say about this song, or should we move on to another one? What do you guys think? I think I'm ready for another hit. I could do another song. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. How you doing over there, Skip? I know you're you're eight hours ahead of us. So how you feeling? I'm pretty good, man. Like it's all right. Like uh, you know, we've got we've got we've got beer, we've got cigarettes. We're gonna be okay. And we're talking about the Mars Volta, so <laughs> I'm always happy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're. I totally get it. I totally get it. So, do we want to keep going in order? Should we keep just going with the bangers? What do you guys think? I think you or Jeff should definitely almost, pick a song. We're, like, we're almost done, dude. We only got like four left. Yeah, okay. Then then we'll we'll just get through through the last four, I guess, right? Sweet. Pick a song and okay. let's, let's roll. Let's hustle. Okay, so let let's just let's just get into Cicatriz. This is um this is a great this is like a twelve minute song. It's it's one of the grooviest songs for me. And what, this is my five banger, but like I said earlier, like this song at some point over the years has been my one banger. It's ah oh my god, it, it's so fucking good, and just that 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 breakdown and that build up back into that groove, I think is just it's flawless. It, it, this this song is truly great, and this is one of the this and roulette dare roulette dares were the two songs that were first written uh, from the band, and they're actually two demos of this and roulette with uh, Blake Fleming on drums and Ava Gardner Ava Gardner on bass. So that's kind of cool too. Fun little fact. Mm. But um, what do you guys got on this song? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the bass line is just fire. Such a great bass line. Mm-hmm. There is so <laughs> much groove, um, uh, as you yeah. said. Uh, I, I have described this song, um, and I mean this in a really good way. It's going to sound really, really harsh. This is the greatest <laughs> stoned teenage bedroom song ever written, I think. <laughs> You know, because it, right. it it comes in with so much groove. It's got that fucking amazing chorus, you know, the, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, it does like the Tom Moreno helicopter thing, you know, better than, you know, it's really cool. Uh, it, it goes off. Yeah. It goes off and does a thing. And you kind of, you don't even realize what it's doing because it just kind of fades away to nothingness while still carrying on. Um yeah. Even the solo, you know, again, it, it they're not really leads. Like it's it's more like a collage of sound. You know, he's not doing anything that tech, really. He's playing with effects more than he's playing his fretboard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got the kind of dueling guitars around the four minutes forty, four minutes forty five seconds. Where that kind of crunchy riff comes in. Um, it actually, I tell you what, it reminds me a shit ton of Echoes by Pink Floyd, um, especially the breakdown. Like, to me, this is their kind of... Because they are are Floyd fans, you know, at the driving cover take-up by Stethoscope and stuff. This is, to me, Cicatraz, that breakdown, that's the most Floyd. And it's, yeah, pre-Dark Side Floyd, it's metal era, you know. it's when Again, it's fun. Like, there's a lot of fun in the Mars Volta. Even though this record's very dark in terms of theme, there's clearly a lot of fun Mm -hmm. going on. You know, they're really excited to be doing it. Um, You know, and actually, the 9 minutes 25 mark... You know where it kind of changes again and goes kind of Spanishy. That's a precursor to Francis and also Amputecture, really. You know, oh, totally, musically, yeah. that's almost yeah. like a, a foreshadowing, not just of the rec- this record as, as a concept piece where there's a lot of that going on, as where they were going to go. You know, they clearly had something mapped mm-hmm. out. Um, also, I think it's got the most prominent use of backing vocals, like an almost like to and throwing, which is very out the driving. 
which sort of doesn't really happen so. in the Mars yeah. Volta. Um, there's a couple of points in this record, which we'll get to on the next song as well, where there is, yeah, there's, there's hints and you think, oh, if this was one of the early songs written, there's still that kind of... Yeah, you could, you could definitely tell, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of counterpoint. So there's that falling back on, you know, ideas that are tried and tested almost, because that's a very big thing in ATDI, is obviously the back and forth between Jim and Cedric, and Cedric doing it with himself here, obviously. Um, yeah. Which they kind of dropped, and I mean, quite possibly because comedy did that shit live, you know? But uh, yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's such a massive song, <laughs> both in terms of A, length, and B, just how much, you know, it doesn't feel overly long. Um, even when it's pondering and doing its thing and, and literally going off on one and, you know, doing essentially a musical tangent. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's, it has been my BB uh, at points, uh, probably when I was a stone teenager in the bedroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my word vomit. That's great. <laughs> um, All right. No, no, that that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I mean... So he 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 said something that was like fucking like that should be the Mars Volta tagline, a Which collage is... of sounds. Okay, like, yeah. Like when somebody's painting something and if somebody's drawing something, and you like you you look over their shoulder, and as they're drawing line by line, nothing really makes sense, and the guy who's drawing is like, dude, get the fuck away till I'm done, mm-hmm. and then look at it, you know, with when it's done. I, I think that's like the Mars Volta. You. you we can nitpick and all these little things and people say this song's good or whatever, but as a whole, you don't, you can't, you, you can't judge this band based off of songs, based off of parts. You need, even like album by album, even Octahedron, mm-hmm. even Octahedron, you need the whole thing. You need the whole thing. You can't pick it apart. Yeah. And so the yeah. collage of sounds, that's solid. I think this, I think this song is like, is, is, is perfect like that too. Cause Dude, some of the ending soundscapes here are so frightening to me. Fucking make me feel so weird, and I don't <laughs> just like. Sp- it's like it's like the weird. It's, like the wow. it's the like that round sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was pretty good. That wow, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> know that, that was whatever bad, that but... is. That no, that's what it sounds like though, <laughs> and it's fucking weird, and it makes me feel weird. Yeah, I like it. It's great, man. It's make me feel weird. something. And and like what Skip was saying too, like this is a song, even though it's so fucking long, like I I never get bored. I never want to skip to the next song. I never want to fast forward it. Even when it gets to the point where it's like there's not a lot going on, it's more like ambient stuff, but I still I'm still so captivated. Like I never I've never gotten bored listening to the song. And it's a twelve fucking minute song. Yeah. It's insane. And then the just and then like I was saying earlier, the way it just it comes back around toward the end and it just gets right back into that groove and it's so seamless and it it's so exciting like cuz you you go like m- several minutes without that that main groove and so when it comes back it's it's so exciting it's it's just as exciting as when you hear it when you first start the song it yeah it's oh my god dude this song is truly an experience truly a fucking experience lyrically though this is this kind of like is the ending of the surreal part or not I wouldn't I guess it's kind of the ending of the surreal part of the the story where he's he's kind of like he's this new creature and he's taken off to like this far off land that is supposedly supposed to be like the Soviet Union and then it's like him it's the the tortures of his own mind and how he just he's so confused and doesn't want to be a part of this world but he's like forced to and then I guess people have related the the torture that he goes through during this part 
with Ben Rodriguez from, like we talked about earlier, the guy from At The Drive-In who supposedly led to his suicide. So apparently it's like that him kind of reminding himself of the torture that Ben put him through at the time. I, I don't know. that th- This was the most confusing part lyrically on the entire record for me. Yeah. It was, too. I just, I almost didn't even write notes because I was just, I was so confused. I just did not. <laughs> yeah. I did not understand it. No, I mean, my only but, kind of additional note to that would be like, I think a lot of the um, kind of Soviet imagery is, obviously it's playing on Cold War paranoia because that is a, especially mm-hmm. as, you know, as, as US folks, you know, that is a collective conscious paranoia that's still there yeah. you know so and so you're, you're mixing it with this, this personal paranoia this suicidal vibe and this transformation you know this, this metamorphosis into something completely odd and, and yeah it's really fucked up basically so by taking such a surrealistic and also personal image and then l- smashing that together with you know a collective cultural consciousness of a, of a paranoid era um is really really smart um and really really cool you know again it's it's a pinnacle mm-hmm. of writing um but yeah there's a lot of nonsense <laughs> beautiful nonsense yeah, it's, this and, is this is when serpentax became somebody else right yeah this is after the surgery where he became the other creature like this winged creature yeah almost. but then that creature was like sent here to destroy something else yeah it was almost like he was manipulated by something to destroy another like another civilization almost. <laughs> I was so That's kind of what confused. I got. I know. It, and then there's so many names. Like, I don't know. I, oh, and they're all fucking bizarre. Yeah, like, they're all, yeah. all fucking bizarre. Yeah. Tolkien-esque. It's, uh, it's very, it is very Tol- Tolkien-esque for sure. Yeah, because, dude, he wrote some weird, like the Cimmerillion, that thing is confusing yeah, as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, on, on but yeah so that, that, that's kind of what I got. What's up? Uh, Tolkien, he grew up in Birmingham. Up the road. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up the road. My dad went to the oh, school no that was attached to uh, the oratory, which was the chapel uh, where the, he was he was raised. Yeah, yeah. Two towers oh, in Birmingham. Damn, that's so cool. Yeah, loads of loads of. Um, I think I mentioned this last time. Actually, yeah, loads of Tolkien locales all around Birmingham. And I live in Sturtridge, just near Mosley, and Mosley Bog is, is Mordor, and around there, the Sahel Mill is the Shire. Uh, the t- yeah, the two towers. It's it's all. Again, it's all based on on personal imagery, you know, to tie it back into the pod yeah. loosely. Yeah. yeah. Let me. I'll play a little bit of Cicatriz, and then we'll uh, we'll get more into it if we want, and then if not, then we'll move on to another song. So here's uh, here's Cicatriz from Mars Volta. <laughs> Still scalping this ticket, let's look 
There you go. Cicatriz ESP from the Mars Volta. What a goddamn fucking banger. So, um, do we got anything else on this one, or, or what, what do you guys want to do? You all good, Jeff? I have my hands full. You, you got your hands full of limes and beers. I know, I know. Bud Lights? Bud Lights. Uh, Coors Lights, actually. Coors yeah, Lights. Coors Lights. Uh, my uh, man. Coors Lights and beers. <laughs> oh, that's actually the same thing. Yeah, Coors, Coors yeah. Lights and, and limes. limes. There we go. Yes. Do, you, do, you, do you have Coors Light in... in yeah, Italy? we have Coors Light. Yeah, we do. I don't, I don't really drink it, but but it exists. It's a thing. I know. Do you guys have electricity over there? No, well, just, on, just braziers, <laughs> flaming braziers, and and gaslight because we're Tres Victorian still. <laughs> what's like, what what's like your equivalent of like swill beer? Like like your your Budweiser? What what, oh, what I is mean, your we, Budweiser? We, obviously, we get we, we get Budweiser and shit. Like you know, we we get all the generic lagers. So you got Bud, Peroni, San Miguel. You know, uh, we got Stella, Stella Artois. I guess is our kind of like okay go to okay. shit lager. Yeah, it's yeah. big or beer. Carling. It's, it's, it's local. Carling, of course. Carling is the British lager, uh, which is made in Belgium. Um, but wait, yeah, wait, wait, you said Carl, Carlsberg, right? Carling, Carling, not Carlsberg. Yeah, oh, Carling. Oh, yeah, okay. it, it's, I've it, never heard of I Carling. Don't, don't, don't ever. No, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, our next pick on the uh, on the pod. Our beer of the week. I'm gonna if like it gets search above, it out. Above like zero degrees, so you can taste it. It's it instant drain pool. <laughs> like it's, so yeah. we have to pretty much get it frozen. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, talking basically, Celsius. And then look I know, at it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Put it back but in the fridge Celsius and pick is, up another beer. Yeah. That's that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when Jeff and I were in Europe, we drank so much Carlsberg. That was the that was the beer everywhere we went. In yeah, there's a lot Kronenberg. of Carlsberg. Cronenberg, yeah, yeah, yeah Grosch, Heineken, obviously. There's a lot of lot of different shit lagers to be drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we enjoyed them. We drank a lot wow, of them. We were like fucking twenty one. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were very young when we were there, but broke. <laughs> yeah, didn't I have mean, a lot of money. It, it, we, it ha- we were broke place. and skipped out on a three hundred dollar bar tab. But, so sweet. <laughs> you guys are dicks. <laughs> yeah. It was an accident. It was an accident. To be fair, accident. we were really, really drunk. Yeah, and no it fair. Was an accident. I, yeah, that's cool. Therefore, we are absolved of any liability. Back, backtrack, boys. Backtrack. It's okay. You just put a small independent <laughs> bar out of business by skipping on their entire night really... takings. But that's fine. <laughs> we've got a podcast. It's really their now. fault for overserving us. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have overserved us, and they shouldn't have let us buy shots for other people in the bar and the bartender. Shouldn't have let us buy him shots. So ah, that's what yeah, we that as Americans do. We pass the blame. Yeah, we, Sweet. yeah, that's what we, yeah, we're American. We pass the blame to everybody else. Fuck it, you know. Sweet, you put fucking <laughs> Sudabar. Sudabar. Why not? <laughs> that that would be the next logical step. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, like that's that's what happens. Yeah, TripAdvisor and then sue. <laughs> TripAdvisor. <laughs> do people still do that? People oh, still I use TripAdvisor. Karen, Karen thing? does. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's great! Amazing. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, so let, let's let's just get into the uh, the apparatus must be unearthed. Uh, we're almost done here. Sweet. Shit, uh, this is this is one song that had never really, for me, had never really stood out and never really became like a really big banger for me. And I think it was always Cedric's vocals that that kind of threw me off. That I've been waiting for so long, for so long. Just that 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 vocal melody. Yeah. I always thought it was kind of weak. It, it's always been like a very weak point on this record. 
and it, it's always kind of turned me off a little bit but then looking at the rest of the song and the, the other members in the band and what they do like it's so killer but this is one of the few moments where cedric just brings it down for me at least i otherwise this song this song is fantastic just cedric's melody or vocal melody i just i can't get into that well, that much but whatever it's still no. good still solid yeah no i get what you're saying what do you guys got I mean, I think I think it's 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 one of the more punk as fuck tracks, um, you know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Theodore is is obviously killing it. His hi hat work on this is is sick. Uh, yeah. Really cool, bouncy I mean, hi hat. His hi hat work everywhere is. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's. I mean, that's that's my sucker. Like him and Jay Lane, I think, are the two best hi hat players like going. Um, Do you think Jay Lane too? Like I I oh, always yeah, feel man. like when when we're when we're going like Primus drummers, I feel like Brian Mantia and. John Theodore are the most closely related. Like the way they, the way they they use the hi hat and the snare, and then their very minimal use of the the toms. I feel yeah. like those two. No, are I just... see what you're saying, but I mean, I just yeah, maybe next time next time you throw in green algaehyde, like yeah, just check out the hi hats and like especially live. Like I saw Primus a lot live with with Jay, um, and like yeah, yeah his his hi hat work is. Like it's just, it's really low key, but there's just so much like there's so much flicking going on and just just like ghost note. It's just yeah. it's it's low key but really good. Uh, but I see what you're okay, saying I, about about Brain and, and Theodore for sure. Yeah, they're they're more like the John Bonhams of of like modern yeah. drummers. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always viewed them. So. Yeah, for Fucking sure. Amazing drummers, both. Oh yeah, and anyway, it suits, it suits yeah. the song because I think this is a more straightforward. This is almost like. You know, you've come to the end of that suite that starts with around roulettes and ends around cicatrice, you know, and as you say, it's a different, there's the next step in the story almost. And it's almost like a return to that inertiatic kind of, you know, four and a half minute bam song. It's quite straightforward. It's quite raw. It, there, there is a tremulant vibe. And I think, I know what you're saying with the vocal melody. And I think this is maybe one mm. of the tracks where the vocal processing doesn't quite work. Um, yeah. It sort of gets in the way. And yet it's not, it, it isn't his, yeah, it's, 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 I, know, I think it's it's a Marmite melody, and some days I can really get behind it and go, yeah, it suits the song, it works. But yeah, I think it's, I don't know, especially coming off Cicatrice, it's a bit of a. It's kind of no, a. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like they they could have done like put they could have put like another B side on this record, and it it would have been better. Like I plague upon your hissing. Yeah, I feel like might have been a better a better inclusion than this apparatus. Yeah, there's no filler I, I on know. this record, but this is as cl- this is as close as it gets. I think is, yeah. is this apparatus. A- um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's one I've got the least notes on, as you can probably tell by my spinning it out here. Yeah, s- same here. Same <laughs> here. I, I I don't have a ton of notes. Even <laughs> even lyrically, I feel like that lyrically, this is like the ending of the. Sur- this is the end of the coma for for serpent taxes where he's he's coming out of it and and him being alive again and then that leads into eventually him committing suicide but yeah um, he's yeah he's literally unearthed and yeah it's yeah so yeah i mean do you have anything else on this jeff i pretty much have almost like word for word the same thing i just wrote that uh Dude, that that thing's dumb. Like that that part, this uh, uh, yeah, I, I it's just dumb. It's so like bootleg at the driving sounding. It's 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 so <laughs> yeah, it's so bootleg like uh, dude. It's just it's fucking it's 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 two fifteen sixteen year old. Like you're too old to be doing this shit. You guys are too good for that. That's too that that's low hanging fruit. I guess yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's gross. 
But there's some cool shit in here. There's some cool fucking jazz stuff in here. There's there's some like like some of the bass lines here are some of like the best shit on the album. Some of the best bass lines on the album. They're just they're 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 very basic. They're the same thing. They drive everything forward. And even the same riff can be done heavy and fast, but then also kind of dainty and quiet. And it's like the same riff, but the way you play it is is kind of I don't know. It's it's, it's fun. Yeah. Simplicity here. Yep. It's just, it's just yeah. That 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 line is just dumb. I do like how we how we all have we all agree on that. That that's one good thing. And I mean, I mean, it's, it's, to be fair, it's just that specific for me. It's, it's just only that the, specific yeah. part. It's just so stupid. I, I'm totally with you. Everything else, everything else vocally, it's fine. But it's not even memorable. Outside of that, it's not even memorable. Like like you could take drunk ship, you could take inertiatic, roulette dares, anything, and you can remember that that vocal melody. Yeah. But outside of the I've been I you know, outside oh. of the, the main melody and apparatus, Ugh. you don't remember anything else Cedric does except for that so one part. Stupid. Yeah. He, he overshadows everything else, how dumb it is. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm I'm with you guys. Um and then lyrically, what what do you think? It's just I thought the same thing. I thought this was the end, the last part of, of Serpentax, what we think is his coma. Yeah. What, you, what we think is his coma? What we think is his coma. Oh, okay. You got a little... Okay. Okay. What, you kind of the same way, Skip? Or, or yeah. What? Yeah. It's one... Yeah. I've, I've, I've run out of notes <laughs> for this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> do, do, we, do we even want to play Apparatus or should we just move on to television? Nah, just move on. Unless you only want to play that vocal part. <laughs> just to I prove really don't want to play that. how much it annoys us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Fuck. I'm not going to play it. Sweet. So, uh, so let, let's move on. Let's move on to Televators. Uh, this is the the kind of acoustic, very kind of somber song, uh, and I think it goes really well with the lyrics and him coming out of the coma, and then and then very quickly it goes to him jumping off the bridge. Like you, you. The very beginning is him. Is him like. The realization that he was he was out of it and gone, and then all of a sudden he's on the bridge jumping off, uh, dying, and then that's pretty much it. That's all, and and then it kind of there are also moments where it kind of talks about he realizes he's dead and then or he, that he's about to die. Like he's already hit the, he's already hit the pavement, and he he already he knows he's gonna die, but he's still hearing everything, and there's almost this, like a sort of regret in 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 the lyrics but i don't know i don't know what you guys got on this one. Oh man i mean it's so it's so good it's so stripped back obviously compared to the rest of the record and obviously the landscape tantrums version is is i mean it's just a demo but that's even more stripped and the fact that the song is still absolutely killer is proof that it's just a, a brilliant song you know um yeah. it's i mean the percussion on it as well is mm, like so good when it comes <laughs> it is in. Really good, yeah. <laughs> so good. It is really um, good. You know, and and it's, I mean, Cedric's vocal, man, like it's so powerful. And like when he just shifts it up a gear, you know, and it just that mm. that's a, that's a, that to me that is a hair in the back of the neck moment. Every and I know it's coming. I know it's coming every time, and it still <laughs> gets me. You know, and yeah, the lyrics. You know, everyone knows the last toes are always the coldest. That's so great. You know, and. The, yeah. It's really and the fretless bass, the fretless bass is just again like it's something they repeated, you know, throughout. And Juan is a great fretless player, but there's something about the tone of it on this that's just right. You hear the scraping, you know, because Flea is not a fretless player, although obviously he's got a jazz background. No. You know, it's just the imperfection is what makes it because it pushes it forward in the mix a little bit as well. I think um, 
It do, it totally does. Yeah. 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 It's just. Yeah, it's really weird. So, my my mate had um, a, a burnt copy of the Laust, and for him, like this is the last track. So for the first two years. Oh. That he thought that it, was, it ended with Televators, and he was like, "It's such a great final track on the album." I was like, "Bro, there's, there's two more," <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and yeah, I he mean, never. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. It, it could be a good. It ending. would be great until you hear "Take the Veil" like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, imagine going two years ending, sure. of owning Deloust and not knowing "Take the Veil" Serpent Tax existed. Like it's just really <laughs> odd. Uh, but yeah, but it probably like blew his mind when he heard it. Oh though. man, yeah, he was so excited. Closer. I was there the exact moment he realized because you know he looked at my copy and was like, "What?" And put it on, put it on. Uh, <laughs> oh, and so yeah, cool. and obviously the call and response on this with the vocals, um, mm-hmm. where he's yeah, oh man, like there's a live version <laughs> where Omar tries to do it. <laughs> oh just, god, it must be god. terrible. Omar like, is not, he's not a good singer. It's just no. He, I mean, he. I, tra- he he sings so much on his solo records, like especially later, like yeah. the later solo records. He sings on every single one of them. Oh, it's rough. D- d- don't it's do rough. it. You know, I know it's funny because obviously I think we you started the last part with my Omar packing vocal quote, and I had to get it in somewhere here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. So thankfully, they just let Cedric back up himself. Uh, and yeah, Televate yeah. is it's it has been my biggest banger at some points. Because it's, there's something about it. It's a perfect ballad. It really is. They've never bettered it, it is. in it's terms a, of a ballad. It's a much better ballad than than the widow. I I kind of prefer Miranda when we're talking about like acoustic like ballads kind of stuff. I feel like yeah, Miranda, no, that's cool. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, and then obviously Asilos uh, Magdalena. That that song is perfection. The, the best acoustic song they ever did. But um, but Televators is is an absolute fucking banger, man. I. What do you do? You, what do you What do you think? Wait, have you? What do you say, Jeff? So here's um, here here's why I thought that like we think Serpentax is like dead, you know, or getting out of his coma, because I'm not, you know, I I didn't read the 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 Laos or the the tale of Serpentax that yeah. Cedric wrote. I didn't. I I was going to, but then I forgot, and I I will probably read it in the next like week because it seems super fucking interesting. It's not anything like super crazy I but mean, it's just probably just a, a, a deeper dive into the mind of cedric and I, I i would just like to be there but but like like just going into the next song like take the veal like the or veil you say veal or veil 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 veil, veal. veal is a small like, calf that you eat and it's delicious and veil is yeah is what you wear in your face <laughs> or yes. veil is like where you snowboard and, and that's, oh now that's a city but it's pronounced the same, is it? But not? it's not spelled the same. Vale, Colorado. Are we talking about spelling now? I don't oh know. Oh my god! Continue the joke. I don't I'm read sorry. books. I don't read <laughs> books. So I, I think that take the take the veil serpent tax. I've always thought like taking it literally, like hey, like hey serpent taxed. If I'm his friend, take this veil. Veil something that covers your face, right? Yeah. Mm. So serpent tax, as we know, has been transformed into something else. And so when something is transformed into something else, are you now? Is that that body, that vessel of body Serpentax? Are there two people in there? Or has Serpentax ceased to exist and now exists in this weird plane of purgatory or whatever? And so when the body, when that, whoever, I, can, I can't remember the fucking name of the girl that takes over Serpentax. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's some weird fucking name. When she takes over the body of Serpentax and then plummets to her death, 
it's not Serpentax committing suicide. It's that. It's, oh, that it's the girl. character. Yeah. Or it's the yeah. Okay. The, but but Serpentax knows because he's still connected to the body because that's his fucking body. So Serpentax knows that once that body hits and once that body dies, he's stuck. He is stuck in purgatory. And throwing it back to earlier, to where kind of like like in Sunet and then in going in Nurtiatic, that is anybody there? That feeling of of kind of like being lost in darkness, you know, like, like in the matrix when he's in the, the subway and mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's, you're, you're lost, you're stuck here, but you don't even know where here is. You don't even know how long you've been there. Like you could have been there for 10,000 years, but realistically it's only been half a second. Yeah. Just, I, I, I think, I think like, like all of this subjectivity, all of this ambiguity, it, it I, I don't know, man. I think the, the tale of serpent tax and then like the ending of, of take the veil, like, is that the death of him? Are we just ending the story? Is is that just like we're done telling? Like Cedric's is done telling the story. There's nothing else to tell right now because the tale isn't done. At some point, maybe in, in the 30th anniversary of this album, will they come out with a Delouse part two and <laughs> finish the story? Oh, you I don't know, know that would never happen with it. I don't know. I I just I think yeah. this tale of Serpent Tax is is so is is just so open to interpretation that I I given what I know about this. Reading this week, listening to the music, I don't think that Serpentax is dead because I don't think the the being that plummeted to their death is Serpentax. Interesting. I think it's the body mm. of Serpentax, but I don't think it's actually Serpentax. I think it's that fucking female that I none of us can remember. Yeah, the we name can't remember. The name. No, no, no. Let's just call her that, Jean. <laughs> like, let's, let's call her Sarah because that's easy. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sarah. Yeah. Okay, I mean that that's that's a very I, I didn't think of that interpretation, but that's very very interesting. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I cool, mean, man. Wh- do you got to Yeah, it, I I didn't think of it that way. So I mean, my theory on the the last song kind of I don't know I don't know I don't know where you're gonna go with the last song because mm. what you're saying is kind of like an ending already. So I, I don't well, know. What you're well, the doing. last song is like "Take the Veil" is 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 like is is Sarah. Saying like here, hide yourself, Serpentax, and then Serpentax is kind of in this in this purgatory where he's like, okay, I don't know who to trust. I guess I will trust the only person that has talked to me in this weird fucking bedlam place that I've been in because yeah. he's encountered giants, right? Or she's encountered giants, or yeah, combing through the desert. So he doesn't know who to trust, what to do, where to go. So when this girl says, and when Sarah says, hey, take the veil, Serpentax. That is essentially serpent tax being like erased from existence. Ah, and his body like is now died. Pass, passing so, through the pale veil, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So okay. now it's like serpent tax is like permanently stuck in this purgatory where he can never get out of, and it's fucked. And I think that's that's just a, a, another defense mechanism as mm. humans do to to rationalize death in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, here's, like here's death a crazy affects thing. people horribly. Is, is I, I think this is Cedric's way of, of dealing with it. It's just religious or not. This is just something that he may or may not even believe. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, just mm. this is kind of what I what I feel. It's just it's a very melancholy way to to view death and, and then in the afterlife. I mean, here's the weird one. It's, of course, I I bought the UK version of the last. So take the veil serpent tax is not the last track. Uh, oh, ambulance is we the last we got ambulance. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which we don't have to talk about because I know it's not actually technically canon. Uh, it's a it's a class as a bonus <laughs> track, isn't it? Um, and there's probably some guy listening now being like, "No, you've got to do ambulance," and the boys are going, "No, you can't do ambulance." So you know, whichever way we go, 
uh, once you've <laughs> taken the veil. Uh, like, but yeah, so I never had mm. Serpent Tax as the finale. Um, yeah, because my version always had amulets. So I didn't even. Had I, get, that's, a, that, that's an entire game changer, though. Yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't look at the lyrics on amulets. I mean, I know the song, and I've, and I, I listened to it this week, and I've heard it plenty of times before, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know where it sits in the context yeah, of the. I, I mean, the it's lyrics. so different, isn't it? Um, and we should probably like talk about "Take the Veil" before we skip towards amulets, if we if we're gonna do it. That, I mean, um, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so 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 let so do we want to play Televators, or do we just want to get into "Take the Veil"? Um, I, I'm easy. And take the veil, whatever. I mean, Jeff's kind of okay. introduced we... take the veil already, so maybe we should just dive in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, the the final track on the official record, not the UK version. Um, so, take the veil, serpent tax. This is this is actually my 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 two B. Um, this is a kind of like that the, Omar noodling, don't you, dude? This is this is uh-huh. one of those songs that is always forgotten on this record because it's so overshadowed by the first half. And you just you by the time you get to the end exhausted, of the record, dude. You're, you're exhausted. You're like beaten <laughs> down, and and at this point, you're just like you just don't know what to expect. But when you take when you take this song out of the context of the record, it's truly a, a remarkable song. There are just so many intricate parts, um, guitar wise, bass playing, drumming. They're just everybody is on their a game on this song, and. It, it blows my mind every time, and the guitar, like Omar's guitar tone, that clean guitar tone, uh, with, just during the the verses is just so fucking rad. And yeah. the, the the starting and stopping that John Theodore does on the drums, leading into the chorus, I, everything is just top notch. Everything is so tightly, tightly placed. I it's truly a perfect song, through and through. I I love it, but. I mean that that's what I got musically on this one. I don't know what you guys got on it. Yeah. I mean, um yeah, I mean, it's a really post hardcore start. You know, it really is. And the, those mm-hmm. guitars are, are really jagged and like that clean tone. It's not, that's why I love, you know, uh, that kind of jagged but clean playing. Very gang of four. Uh, and the bass line is just really tense, you know? It the rhythm section yeah. we're going with John stopping and starting so much great tension going on which is great you know and um i actually think the first three minutes kind of foreshadow what they were trying to do with nocturnica in places especially things like monarch walker mm-hmm. um yeah i you can know, see that which I is a nice 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 circular thing there and you know i've said the word foreshadowing almost as much as cedric says the word bivouac so i won't say it again um uh, and yeah it comes back <laughs> at the seven minutes 20 mark um uh, it's just yeah. This this is one of the things. This is one of the tracks I think where you can really hear it's Flea playing the bass. He's got that melodic oh, yeah. bass groove, but there's there's pure funk in there. You know, it's it's the, it's the you know you can do anything you like as long as you hit the one on the one. You know, as Bootsy Collins always says, and mm-hmm. like Cedric has always said, he loves fingerstyle bass. It's one of the reasons they got Juan in. Um, you know, he said before like. Picks are great for guitars, but he really likes the kind of the way you can dig in with fingers, you know. And it's yeah, yeah it just there is something really great about it, and it's obviously much more jazzy and stuff. Um, and in the last minute, I've actually kind of again it almost hints at some of the bedlam stuff, you know, because it it does go really batshit. Like there's there's some really interesting again, all the ideas, all the genesis of the Mars Volta is somewhere in this album if you know where to look or if you look the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, I love how it goes really electronic at some points, you know, uh, and then that's when the melody, 
Melo- melodic? Melodic bass line comes Melodi- in. Melodic, yeah. Melodic. Melodic. Yep. That's when the melodic bass comes in. So again, you've got this beautiful contrast of those really nasty, nasty drums and melodic bass, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fucking masterpiece, isn't it? Again, it doesn't feel like it's eight and a half, nine minutes long um, because no. you, you, you never take your attention away. Uh, and just as an aside, as a short man, I often consider myself phlegmatic in stature, so... All right. Um, that's, that's how tall are you? <laughs> I'm five nine. Oh, you're, you're not short. Not short. No, but like I, I feel short. <laughs> I know a lot of tall guys. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, like a short guy would be like five four. Yeah, yeah, Omar's got to be like five six. I'm taller than no, Omar. Omar's, I know Omar's I'm like than Omar. Omar's like five four. When when, yeah, when when you and I met him, Jeff, he was that was really uncomfortable. Yeah, he was fucking he how probably, small he, he was. Probably weighed like a hundred and ten pounds. Nah, probably less than that. He yeah, I mean, tiny, I, I, tiny I'm a hundred and thirty-five pounds, so he's got to weigh less than that. Oh so. yeah, he was. He's definitely less than that. Yeah, yeah. Damn, one hundred thirty. You weigh one hundred thirty-five pounds. I, I don't I know why I know about pounds of pizza of per head. week. That is, a, that is a weird fact that I've. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coming in at one hundred and thirty-five pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. Um, I mean, getting away from from how every, do you, all this. Do okay. So, do you think like for me, not being a Omar super fan? Okay. Whatever. Omar's noodling, be, but okay. Omar's noodling is so iconic to Omar. No one has ever done it. No one probably will ever do it. The way Omar can noodle sometimes is so iconic, Omar. Yeah. The yes. ending or towards the end of the song. There's Omar noodling. The noodling, but it's more like it almost sounds electronic, like what Skip was saying. But that is that is his noodling. It is, yeah. At the end of this album, so the last thing you hear at the end of this album is fucking iconic Omar. Yes. Irritating. No, it's get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Like, hey everybody, let's let, let let's make a record, but the last thing I'm, I want people to remember is me. Is me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's annoying. I like it, but it's annoying. We're just about done, dude. We we did. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, close. We're we made close. it. We fucking made it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sweet. There we go. There we go. Is that any better or is that worse? That's better. <laughs> That's better. Lovely. That's Good. better. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Whenever uh, he does like the Queen's English accent, he sounds like he's making fun of somebody who speaks of you, the got... Queen's English accent. <laughs> <laughs> like it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm an English guy doing an English guy's accent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gone off the rails. It's, it's gone wild. off the rails. This is wild super text. You know, I make, it's, it's three o'clock in the morning where I'm at, so I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so fucking late for you. Oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. So do we want to... Do we... Wanna, do we, uh, we want to play the song... And then we'll come back and do the lyrics. Does sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Whatever you want to do. Does that sound good, Skip? It sounds good to me. Yep, I'm in. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Here's uh, here's Serpent. Uh, take the veil, Serpent Tax, from uh, the Mars Voltas. You must 
There you go. A little bit of uh, Take the Veil Serpent Tax from the Mars Volta. All right. So what do we um what do we got lyrically on this one? What do you guys think? I already told you what I thought. Oh uh, yeah, you kinda did. I guess, I guess, I guess. What do you got, Skip? Uh yeah, I mean just I don't say more of the same because that sounds really, really like I'm just dismissing it. I'm not. Uh, just more like, inc- yeah, more incredible imagery. I think I said this on the drive-in podcast, but fuck it. It's, I'm going to say it again. Cedric loves words. He loves how words sound. Yes. He loves how words roll around in the mouth and more importantly, roll around in the brain. He's not so bothered about how mm. words connect. If, you know, if a turn of phrase runs really well, does it matter if it's grammatically like... You know, correct? Absolutely not. You know, he's going to roll with it, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's wonderful. You know, it's it's one of my, yeah. it's he. That's why he's one of my favourite lyricsmen. You know, f- for that because yeah, I, I love oh, yeah, I love words in the same way. I, I have nowhere near that man's talent at all. But he, he's like a walking mythological thesaurus. You know, he, he yeah, he's <laughs> referencing so many things. So much mythology, so much like pop culture, and so much just what's going on in his own brain, and of course Julio as well. And he's he's a man. It's weird. I've never actually sat and studied his lyrics because one thing I love about the Mars Volta is how dense they are, and I get why it puts people yeah. off. So the fact that you know I've been listening to this band yeah since two thousand and four, two thousand and five, you know half my life, and I'm still hearing new shit. You know, it's pretty remarkable. That is a testament to artistic. It's it's a masterpiece. You know. Yeah, truly. Yeah, it totally is. Going a little bit, a little bit away from what Jeff was saying about the song. Uh, it, to me, it's like because to me, Televators was him actually committing suicide. But take the veil was the final seconds leading up to the suicide. How he was contemplating it. How he was thinking almost like I should cut myself and do that instead. He's like thinking about how he should commit suicide at the last moment. And then, and then right before he's about to take the plunge, he's just ready for that shroud of death. It's almost like the relief of death uh, because he's so tormented and so tortured. And so he's just ready for it. And that's, that's kind of, to me, how this song is lyrically and how it ends the whole, the entire record. Yeah. I mean, that's a very dark thing and that is a very common yeah um thing with suicide if you talk to you know survivors of attempted suicide and whatnot you know there is a huge talk of of you know all the self-loathing very dark lots of uses the word i as well in this song more so than across a lot of their discography you know Mm -hmm. there's this darkness and then there's that moment where you get clarity and you get calmness and you're very prepared to do what you're about to do um, and it's, you know, it's, it's like fight or flight instinct kicking in and, and everything makes sense, you know, and there is a moment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very dark and it's a very dark and it's a huge statement to make, to, to end a record, you know? Um, yeah, it's sad. Really yeah, it's sad. Very, it's sad. Yeah. It's very sad. There's a lot yeah. of tragedy surrounding that band. A lot of people they know have died, you know, it's. Yeah, even even well, after this, they're I mean, fucking lucky mm. they didn't never die, dude. Right? I dude, know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, and then you have you know Ike dying. What was it, like eight years ago, seven eight years ago, and God, then God, yeah, it's not Juan, long. Isn't it? Yeah, and then Juan almost died last year. You know, he had that got got that really bad bike accident, and you know had brain damage, was in a coma for like a month. Like he almost died from that shit. Oh God, and, yeah. I thought I thought he was a goner. Like you know. Oh, for sure. Like I. We, after that accident, I thought for sure he was going to be like 
he would never be able to I thought he was never going to be able to walk again. I thought he was just going to be permanently just done. But no, oh, he's like back at it. Like he's playing bass he's again playing. already. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so heartwarming. It's, it's fucking it's, nuts. It's, it's, it's yeah, really it's great. amazing. It's truly amazing. I don't know. I the, the, yeah, the, a lot of tragedy with his band for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like like you were saying, Skip, like Ambulance was the last for you. So wh- how does this change your your views on this record or how you feel about this record? Well, I mean, it was recorded at a different time. You know, it's it is a bonus track. Uh, very yeah. much so Ambulance is and it's very different you know I won't I won't properly dive into it because I, I deliberately didn't take massive notes for it because I wasn't sure whether we were going to cover it because you know um, yeah the, the album itself is so massive yeah man. I mean it's Ambulance I mean it's trip hoppy as fuck man like there's a huge trip hoppy it yeah. reminds me a lot of um, Mezzanine by Massive Attack which is another huge album for me um, it's got. I've, I've actually never, I've never listened to that. Oh, uh, do so. Oh, I saw it. I saw them perform it live in its entirety in Bristol, you know, hometown show in an aircraft um, hangar. It was incredible. Um, they covered the Cure as well. It was really odd. Um, it was really cool. Yeah, and and the breathing vocal because obviously different and um, really processed drums as well. You know, it's very electronic. Again, mm. precursor to Nocturnica, I suppose. It's almost like what Nocturnica yeah. should have been. You know, there's loads of synths. The guitars, even he's playing like synths. There's loads of scraping and stuff. And like the layered, you know, crazy, you know, vocals. You better hush your mouth. You know, it's 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 also, mm-hmm. it's kind of sexy because it's all, it's 4-4, it's trip-hoppy. <laughs> you know, if, if the Mars Volta, you know, if you were going to fuck to a single Mars Volta song, I think the only one you could do is Ambulance because it stays at the same <laughs> so, time. Yeah, okay. Um, I could see that, I could see that. You know, and <laughs> I, I, I like it because as, as a finale to the record, you know, because I wasn't aware the first time I heard, of course, it was a bonus track. What I like about yeah. it is it pulls you out of the world of the last because it is a very complete world because it's so different to the rest of of the album mm. so it kind of pulls you out and puts you back it's almost like someone taking the headphones off and going oh, here's something here's something here's a bit normal you know even though it's not normal at all um so in that way yeah. it does work as a really lovely and then the last thing you get is cedric's vocals rather than omar's wankery so that should make jeff happy um oh for sure <laughs> you know you get him just telling you to hush your mouth hush your mouth omar hush that fretboard uh, and you know it ends on a whisper <laughs> Um, which is great because obviously Sonne Lumiere translates as noise and sound. Uh, sorry, light and sound. Um, so mm. it ends on a whisper and starts to just build up and impact. And So yeah, it works as an ending, um, but it very much is a throw-on adding track. And just whilst I'm here and waffling, I'm going to apologise because... It's not Flea playing on Televators. It's Justin Meddle Johnson. And, uh, and it is an upright. It's, yeah. not, it's not fretless. Um, Justin, great. I've seen him play with Nine Inch Nails. So I'm sorry that I forgot you, Justin. When you listen to well, this. Well, I, I saw... <laughs> I think he, he mostly... Outside of Nine Inch Nails, I think he only ever really plays with Beck. Yeah, Beck And then he does well. like a bunch of session stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And he produces a lot as well, I think. I think he's just one of those yeah. guys who's just... Yeah, he's got some really nice custom basses, though. <laughs> did he some... did he play on did he play on Ambulets too or was it just Televators? Uh no, Omar is based on Ambulets. Oh he is. Say, oh, he really... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And and different engineers and stuff. Um yeah. Yeah. I've just cheated and pulled the credits up, you see. Uh I can use I <laughs> so, can use technology. <laughs> so <laughs> is so I I'm I'm really wonder I'm really curious as to why in the UK why they would put Ambulets on at the end as a bonus track. 
but not like, put a plague upon your hissing. Oh, I like know. That, that's yeah, it doesn't make any fucking oh. sense because that song is so it's so deloused. It's it should belong on the record, like we were saying earlier. There, there's just no excuse. Maybe no it's excuse Delouse, why it shouldn't be on it's there. It's Delouse Francis the Mute, isn't it? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of it is because they're, they're they're music nerds, man, aren't they? They they like you know the vinyl being it's there and it's got you know. I think yeah. there is a there's a real music nerd to them. That they're, they're you know yeah they, they were the kids who got beat up at school. You know it's it's yeah. There's there's a, there's a it's, sweetness it's to it. Still just so strange. It's, it's stupid, just, but it's know. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, should we, uh, should we wrap it up? What, what do you guys want to do? Uh, yeah, we should, we can wrap up. I mean, I we've done I mean, every we, song. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we've done every song. Uh, we didn't really touch upon the artwork. I guess we could touch upon that real quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stor- Storm Thurg- Thorgerson did the artwork. Uh, he's, he's done many, many things over the years. Uh, like a lot with Pink Floyd and also with this record, I, I didn't actually really know this until recently, but because I we've I'm so new to the vinyl game, but the the egghead, uh, the gold egghead cover of Deloused is actually only the CD version, and the jellyfish head is only the vinyl version, which I didn't know until very recently. Recently, and I thought that was super. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've always two, wanted two the things. always wanted the the jellyfish man, didn't he? Um, and the, the record company changed it for the CD. Universal were like, no, that's that's a better cover. Um, and I, I know he was yes. he was really pissed about it for years. Um, so what, what do you like more? Do you like the jellyfish cover? Or do you like? Oh, the, I like the jellyfish. The, the, the jellyfish is, is 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 still my phone background. It's been my phone background wallpaper oh, for years. Yeah, and it's jellyfish <laughs> oh. man. Like it's it's cool. I think it's great. You know, and not just as a hentai fan. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 just a really cool. It it's more it is more it's more storm as well. Like it, it's more his aesthetic. I feel I don't know. There's there's something about yeah. it that it looks like a a proper album cover. Not that the the Eggman doesn't, but there's something about it that it it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the color scheme is more Storm, but I don't know. For for whatever reason, I, I've always preferred the Egghead as the as the Deloused cover. It might be just because that's all I've really ever seen as the cover. I mean, I've always known about the Jellyfish, but but the Egghead has always been the, the one for that I've always just kind of associated with Deloused. Well, the... But. The contrast of the bright gold on the on the head, and the black and the whites and the grays of everything else, is uh, is more vibrant. It's it's more noticeable. But then the more you look at the egghead, there's a guy in the background. And there's just like a bunch of like weird shit, and it's just it's bizarre. And the beam of light and like the jellyfish one is 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 cool. But I think uh, I don't know. I, I I like the egghead more. But also with Tyler, I think maybe just because that's all I know. Yeah, I've all I, all I've known. Yeah, no, I always had the Egghead as the album cover because uh, I just had to see. I don't own Deloused on vinyl because, uh, yeah, yeah, very few people do. It. So, Congratulations on your box set, though. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it can't is, I mean, hate on you li- that. Literally, I I came out to Arizona just for the box set because for whatever reason, uh, it was ordered and it was sent to Jeff's house out in Arizona. <laughs> And uh, so I, I planned this entire trip around getting my box set out here. That's and amazing. Then it was, you know, and then you know all the delays that have been going on because you're you're on the the Facebook. Oh, group. oh god, yeah. So yeah, all the yeah. delays. Poor Johan. Yeah, all that shit show. <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah, oh. it's been a fucking crazy. 
crazy fucking last couple weeks. And so we were just waiting, like, like is it going to arrive? Is it going to is it going to get here after I already go home? <laughs> and so we were like planning, like, if it comes like after I get home, we'll we'll just meet halfway between California and Arizona, which just, is like a three and a half hour drive yeah, each. Yeah, three and a half hour drive to meet each. halfway. That's amazing. But just luckily, it came, cargo. it came it came today at like noon. It <sighs> arrived today, so it's like fuck yeah. So we've been listening to it prior to us potting. We listened through uh, Tremulant, the two singles, yeah. and then Landscape and Deloused. So now after after we're done potting, we're, we're going to start on Francis and then finish up the rest of the stuff. But do we want to... So we talked about Plague Upon Your Hissing. Uh, and then, I mean, that's pretty much it. The Obelisk was was something that they did uh, in the studio, but it was never like really released. Uh, it was pretty cool, though. But it's like 35 minutes long. Yeah. Um. But outside of that, I think we touched upon everything, right? We've yeah. done a lot. Oh, yeah. So. We're into yeah, a, we, I we mean this is this is like two and a half this is like a two and a half hour pod just on this album. So <laughs> yeah. um, which is awesome. No, it's 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 freaking awesome. But uh let, let's wrap it up then. Let's uh, let's give our final thoughts and then we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album, you're gonna continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but you should give it a shot, and zero is a trash fire. So uh, let's so let's start with you, Skip. Uh, what do, what's your what are your final thoughts, and what are you gonna give this album? What's the rating? So go. cool. Well, I'm gonna try and keep this succinct because we we've waffled long, and I'm a, a prince of tangents, as you're all aware. Um, it's <laughs> I mean, no surprise, no shock. It's free for free. Um, it's it's perfect. It's as I said right at the start of this pod. It's a landscape album in in my musical development, in my musical loves. Um, you know, it's never going to fall out sort of my top 10 albums of all time, I don't think. Uh, and the Mars Volta are never going to fall out of my you know, top three bands of all time, I don't think either. You know, they are, they're something special. They're something so unique. Everyone should try. They are not for everyone. That's totally cool. But this album mm-hmm. is a solid. It's perfect. It's a free for free. It's a <laughs> solid gold masterpiece. There it is. Awesome. 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 Okay. All right, Jeff. What do you got for this one? I am. Um, I. 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 It's not perfect for me, but it's. it's You're so dumb. It's. It's up there. It's pretty high. It's pretty high. Oh I'm gonna give it pretty high. God. But it's. It's not perfect. It's. You are uh, the worst. It's just. It's. It's a little too Rick Rubin, man. Rick Rubin just. He's great. He's great. But like, if I wanted to hear just something so polished and great, like, uh, okay, like take out, uh, you know, like at, at the driving so great because. They like Skip always says he, they're punk kids trying to play prog, and at the drive-in had a lot of that. It was very sloppy. It was very messy. This is is meticulous slop. This is deliberate slop, which is fine. It's good, but it's not perfect. But um, I'll give it two point eight. I'll do two point eight. Are you joking my ass? I'm not joking anybody's ass. But but Skip was saying that Mars Volta are punk kids playing prog, not at the drive-in. But that's. I'm pretty sure at the drive-in was like the Mars Volta before the Mars Volta was the Mars Volta. But well, at the drive-in was the at the drive-in, but and then you know, Mars the, Volta were the Mars Volta. So that's two different the, bands, two, the the sound, two different entities. Uh, the sound of, of Delaus, especially Delaus, like Delaus is very deliberate. And then even especially after hearing Landscape, like the Landscape is so stripped down, and a lot of the things, a lot of the things didn't work. Like we've we've discussed, a lot of things just didn't work. And Rick Rubin did do a really, given that it was Rick Rubin's production that that elevated the songs. A lot mm. of the things on landscape did not work, and they sounded terrible. And you know, thankfully, they changed it for Delaus. But also, 
a lot of things on landscape were exponentially better. Yeah. And so given that, I mean, maybe had I not heard landscape, I, I would I would feel differently. But I, I, I just feel like there are a lot of a lot of punk elements to landscape that are lost in the production on Deloused. Unbelievable. I, it's fucking unbelievable. I mean, that's 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 fucking fact. I mean that that what you said is yes, but you giving it a two point eight out of three is insanity. I'm just why well, like, that's not insanity. It Come is on. insanity. Because I'm not gonna sit here and like gush over Omar and like cuddle up <laughs> next to him and think like everything Omar's done is a perfect three. Like dude, first first of all, he's he's great, he's good. But like the guy does one thing and it's Omar's thing and no one else can really do Omar's thing, but that's all he really does. So he's fine. But you also you you obviously understand it's way more than just Omar, it's everybody else too. That's why the Mars Volta works so well. And that's why a lot of like the stuff that I hear that you try and get me to love about Omar and his and his side project and the fifty nine thousand albums that he puts out by himself. <laughs> Just come on, <laughs> you're, you're, you're give dumb. it a rest, bruh. You're dumb. You're so dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> it's uh, dumb. So, <laughs> wait, what'd you say, Skip? It's dumb. Oh, you just repeated me. It's dumb. That's a short. You guys are so dumb. Holy shit! Okay, <laughs> uh, real quick, my final thoughts. This was a. Uh, this this really changed a lot of how I viewed music with this record. Uh, getting into it in high school, early high school, and it just it, it blew my mind, especially because I was so into like new metal, punk, hardcore punk, you know, a little bit of pop punk. This was just like so out of left field for me at the time, and and I just it stuck with me ever since. I've been I've been just so obsessed with this goddamn band for, for since this fucking record and. It it really I have I have nostalgia attached to it, but it there's just so much more, so much more to it than just the nostalgia for me. And I I mean after everything is said and done, this this album is a three out of three. It's it's perfect. It, yeah. You can't fuck with it. Cannot fuck with this record. So that's what I got. That's what I got for this one. Um, you guys got anything else to say, or should we just kind of kind of? No, yep, it's Would, it's perfect. <laughs> Don't tell me what I know <laughs> and stuff. Are you stupid? <laughs> so dumb. All right. He's well, dumb. <laughs> this is uh, so yeah. This is Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Um, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on 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 iTunes. Fuck, dude, I'm I'm all over the place. Um, go to social media. Our social media is at Asinine Radio. Uh, fuck, dude, I I really can't even. I can't. I can't even. I can't even talk. This is pod talking. It's hard. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Skip, for being on. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You Thank know, it's, you. it's been a blast. Absolute pleasure. It's been amazing. And Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been awesome. So, yeah. Uh, keep listening to the pod, everybody. And Skip, thanks again. Uh, so, that's it. Uh, that's all. WWE. However, on it, but okay. well, you know, get out your mum's basement, get some vitamin D, talk to a girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking guy, dude. Yeah.
I'm, I'm a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, amputecture. Um, it's <sighs> so Francis is, is my number one. Um, this is. Uh. You know what, dude? I just your your size, <laughs> your Lavia Laviaquez. Laviaquez? Laviaquez. 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 We're just being racist. <laughs> this is just racist. Okay, everyone got their beers, everyone got their 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 cigarettes, their cigs, some might say. Ciggies. Oh, we can't say fag, can we? Uh, that's, that's that's not good in your country. No, you can I mean, you can you can say you're British, you could say it. We can't say it here in the states. I've stuck a fag in my mouth. In, in, and it's yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there we go. I'm it's, a liberal it's sort still of guy. A funny word. Like I'm not I'm not not going to laugh, but you know, yeah. like, whatever. Excellent. We'll keep that for the B-sides. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and then that's when the melodic, melo- melodic, melodic bass line comes Melodi- in. Melodic, yeah, melodic. <laughs> melodic. Yep, yeah. that's when the melodic bass comes in. So again, you've got this beautiful contrast of those really nasty. At the end of this album, so the last thing you hear at the end of this album is fucking iconic Omar. Yes. Irritating. No, it's, get the fuck Irritating. out of here. Irritating. Get out of here. 